Friday, September 11th, 2020. Thanks for tuning in to That's What G Said. Before we get into all of the sports and a, a packed show, I have to talk a little bit about the date. September 11th, 2001, a day that I'm sure all of us remember. I was a week or two into freshman year of high school, just starting, everything was new. I remember waking up and not really understanding it's kind of like late getting ready for school. They had the, my mom and dad had the news on in the background. We were just being told what had happened, but not comp, like comprehending it until getting to school and, and being like, "Oh, wow, th- this is this is massive." And so, just obviously, you're going to see and hear a lot of stuff throughout the the day. And this is going to be a day that we remember everybody who lost their lives in the World Trade Center, Flight 93. And at the Pentagon on September the 11th. It's sad to have to start a show that uh, generally I love to to try to have a lot of fun, make people laugh. We're talking about sports. It's generally a light subject on, on most of my podcasts. But if you're living in California right now, there are just fires everywhere. And where I've grown up in Temple City, I live about 10 minutes away, not even from Santa Anita Racetrack, uh, just a little bit south of there. And where I went to high school was in LaSalle, uh, was at LaSalle High School in Pasadena, which is right up on the Pasadena Sierra Madre border. I have tons of friends and um, family friends, people that we've known growing up with that have been evacuated and they've had to leave their houses in Duarte, Sierra Madre, Upper Arcadia, Monrovia. We're not talking way up into the hills either. We're talking very, very low. So please just keep you know everybody in your thoughts and your prayers. If there's ever anything you can do to help some of these people that, uh, that you know lose their houses to to a fires and just uh, the hits in in 2020 just keep coming. So let's transition. Uh, unfortunately, from um, all the the bad stuff. And now we're going to talk about what, what we'll, we'll have on this episode of That's What G Said, a packed one. So we have NFL football to talk about. There was a game earlier. I'm recording this late Thursday night right after the Chiefs-Texans game. And we're going to talk about that. And then I have a, an interview with Dave Weaver where we get into everything happening in week one. We're going to go through all of the games for this weekend give you the some of the plays that we have and some overall thoughts on the full season you're going to get thoughts on the nba we're going to do some quick hits on everything going on we'll look at the mlb what would the playoffs be right now and we're only like 15 games away from the the baseball playoffs last episode of hard knocks and then ton of racing for the weekend full card stuff for kentucky down saturday Woodbine Saturday, it's Queen's Plate We're going to give you a late pick 5 And some thoughts on all the stakes races at Woodbine We're going to go through a stable duel lineup For your Kentucky Downs Saturday And give you all the info for stable duel for the week And we'll give you a late pick 4 for Kentucky Downs On Sunday I'm really excited for the lineup Of guests we're going to be rotating with um, Going uh, week by week Talking about the NFL each week And then a couple other interviews That I'm going to have set up for the next few weeks That it might be a little bit different, a little bit unique um, Different topics, but I think you will all really enjoy Let's talk about The NFL We had a game tonight 
And your Super Bowl champs, your reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, looked very, very good. They won 34 to 20. Houston actually got up in this game 7 nothing. Kansas City scored a touchdown that got overturned, so uh, Houston ended up taking the, the early lead after that got overturned. So they're up 7-0, and then Kansas City, like they do, they just go on an insane run. They scored 31 consecutive points, 17 points in the second quarter. The first three and out they had was with five minutes left in the game. And they even had an opportunity to score a touchdown late. They ended up kicking a field goal. Um, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had the opportunity three times at the goal line to get in. He didn't. That was probably one of the few blemishes on his uh, resume and on what he did in his first game as a pro. He was excellent tonight. 25 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. He could have had maybe three touchdowns because I think one of the only issues he had was when the field shrank a little bit, but he is really, really good. Talk about giving another weapon to uh, this this Chiefs team. They've got, you know, you look at them and, and think defensively is where they're, they're lacking a little bit, but their defense always seems to sort of come up with the stops when they need it. And offensively, if you can't keep up with them, their defense doesn't have to do a whole lot to win the game. Really, really doesn't. Uh, to win most games, most weeks, when you have the kind of offense they have, the kind of coaching staff they have, the kind of quarterback that they have, and now the pieces all around with a legitimate running back there. You've got the receivers, you've got the tight end. Um, this team is is really, really good. So you know, Watkins had seven receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey had six receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had five receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown. And uh, over on the the Texans side of the ball, David Johnson looked okay. You know, pretty good. 11 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Three receptions for 32 yards. And Watson's numbers, you know, they they are going to look decent. A lot of it was garbage time. He ended up 20 for 32, 253 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He also had a, a rushing touchdown. Will Fuller went over 100 yards. He had eight receptions for 112 yards. And you just didn't get a whole lot from Randall Cobb or Brandon Cooks. They didn't really get into the offense a ton. So lots of work for the Texans now. And, you know, it, it was yeah, it was a lot of garbage time. Houston um, was beat up in the time of possession battle for the most part. Uh, Kansas City held the ball for 34 minutes and 47 seconds versus Houston's 25-13. Game one in the books. In uh, just a, a little bit, we're going to get to predictions, previews, thoughts, some uh, plays, our, our best bets for the weekend. Dave Weaver will join me to go through the entire slate. We didn't we didn't talk about the Thursday game because I knew this would be coming out either right next to or after, and I decided just to wait and uh, and talk about the Thursday game after. So we I will be posting um, about a couple of, a month two months ago. I was going through the best football movies bracket. We were doing, and I will post the polls on Twitter. Follow me at it's me, Gino B. And started with 64. We got down to two. I wanted to wait till right around football season starting to get to the final. I felt like people would be in more of a football mode. So now the NFL football season has started. College football is also up and running in the places that they will be playing, it looks like. So the finals it's Remember the Titans versus Brian's Song. We started with 64. We are down to two. The final four were, remember the Titans, 
Varsity Blues, Brian Song, and Rudy. Remember the Titans defeated Varsity Blues to get here. Defeated Friday Night Lights right before that. Remember the Titans also defeated Draft Day prior to that along its run. Brian Song defeated Rudy. Before that it beat Jerry Maguire. And then uh, everybody's All-American before that. So we're going to find out soon the best football movie. Hey, I set the the thing up I've based on a lot of the suggestions that I get from you from reading other articles, looking at all sorts of things, rankings and stuff. I set it up, but then it all comes down to to you voting cuz I I can't even vote once I create the poll from uh, from Twitter. So, it's all on you which you think will be the best football movie. So far, we have gone through best Baseball movies, Major League, Best Soccer Movies, Bend It Like Beckham, Best Hockey Movie, Slapshot, Best Horse Racing Movie, Let It Ride, Best Basketball Movie, Hoosiers, Best Golf Movie, Caddyshack, and Best Wrestling Movie, The Wrestler. We are in the finals for the Best Football Movies. Well, it is football season and I know a lot of people are big into fantasy football I'm on six I'm in six fantasy football leagues this year that's the most I've done uh, I had three drafts on Tuesday night one on Wednesday one on Monday another one uh, a week and a half couple weeks ago and uh, I love playing fantasy football but I'd like to also play daily fantasy it's really fun when we all like to play the yearly stuff but it's great when you can play and get your lineup set for one day for one sport for one particular um, you know, round of something, and there is a really good fantasy site. It's pretty new. It's called Thrive Fantasy, and I I wanted to try it out. I've played in it a, a few different times. Right now on Thrive Fantasy, they have games for the Week One of NFL, the NBA, daily baseball games, esports, League of Legends, and golf, PGA stuff for Friday and for all weekend. This is daily fantasy for prop betting. So what it'll do is it'll give you something, it'll say Tom Brady will throw for over or under 250 yards, over 100 points, under 80 points. You're going to go through and you're going to select from the list of props, you're going to build your lineup and you know the, the top scoring finishers in, in each are going to win. And you are able to get involved in contests for as little as 2 bucks all the way up to 2000 This week, for example, week one of the NFL, $25 entries. prizes in the contest And if you use the promo code G-I-N-O When you deposit $20 You get an instant $20 bonus Right back into your account G-I-N-O promo code I get a couple bucks You get a $20 bonus It makes me look good for one of my sponsors And hey, I'm always going to be giving you a little added bonus With some of these sponsors And with some of the, the companies that we're working with here On That's What G said You an NFL fan? NBA? MLB, esports, golf. You can get involved in contests for as little as five, all the way up to a thousand if you want to play head to head matchups. And what's cool about these contests, you play for, you know, two dollars, five dollars, twenty five bucks, or for a lot of them, you get the chance to win five hundred, a thousand, a couple thousand dollars. I've made the withdrawals, deposits, I'm involved in all sorts of contests. Everything is totally legit. Don't forget that promo code G I N O. You deposit twenty, promo code Gino, you get back twenty instantly. And you can mess around, get involved in a couple contests there. Thrive Fantasy, really good stuff. NBA. So, whew, I was excited after uh, the Lakers win. We'll get to them in a minute. We'll, we'll kind of go in order since the last time we talked. The Heat, they're just kind of chilling. They're hanging out. 
They beat the Bucks 4-1. They beat up on the Bucks. And we saw Giannis get hurt, so he missed the last game and a half of the series, one of which Milwaukee ended up winning. And now with Milwaukee losing, we have all the questions about Giannis. Is he going to stay in Milwaukee long term? He has one more year left on his deal. Is he going to do what we've seen many in the NBA do, where they demand a trade? They tell the team that they've been with, hey, look, we're going to leave at the end of this year. And if we leave in free agency, you're not going to get anything. If, if you make a trade right now, at least you get something for us. Carmelo Anthony did something similar, and hey, Denver got something for him. We saw Anthony Davis do that for New Orleans, and New Orleans got a nice package back for Anthony Davis. He could have just left in free agency a year later. They would have got nothing for him. LeBron did that a few times. Teams didn't get anything for LeBron. So that that becomes a question now with Giannis. One of the rumors that was out there, Chris Paul. His Oklahoma City fired their head coach. Looks like they may be thinking about trading Chris Paul and possibly going in sort of a younger, different direction. Who knows? They have a ton of assets. They can make a lot of moves over there in OKC, but there were rumors about Chris Paul coming to Milwaukee. Is Milwaukee going to try to make a move, make a couple trades, make a big splash to show Giannis, hey, look, we want you to stay here. We're willing to spend. We're willing to do whatever you want to make you happy. It's going to be a major conversation now. Uh, over the next year And keep in mind Basketball season is going to come right up on us They said it's not going to start Probably until around Christmas or so But wow The season's going to end It's not going to be much of an off season And boom We're going to be right back into to you know Basketball season starting again Think about it Football season Is starting now And basketball season is still going and before football season's over, we're going to have basketball season starting again already and ready to rock and roll. It's just very little turnaround this year with the way everything was backed up. We got a game seven in the East. So the Heat, are, they're hanging out. They're waiting. Who are the Heat going to play? Winner of the Celtics Raptors, where I got I to gotta say, if I was a Celtics fan, I would be a little bit worried about this series, about winning game seven, because. It feels like the Celtics have just kicked the crap out of the Raptors. It feels like the Celtics have played so much better than them. The Raptors are still in this because they got that crazy shot from Anobi to make sure the series wasn't a 3-0 series to get to get down 2-1. And then they were able to come back in that double overtime game the other night where they the Raptors looked like they kept kind of choking the game away with opportunities to win it and they kept extending extending extending. Now if you're Boston, you go to a game seven and, it, and maybe because you're not the favorite And you weren't really supposed to win here There's not as much pressure on Boston But it just feels like You look up and you go, wow We've been the better team all series We've played better Our, our star players have been Much more consistent throughout Yet here we are Tied and going to a game seven with the defending champions, a team who have a lot of players now who have been there. So, on Friday, we're going to get a Game 7. Celtics-Raptors, one of them is going to be moving on to play the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And 
you know, lots of questions because there have been a lot of players in this series that are not always inconsistent, but maybe have had very inconsistent offensive series. Which version of Kemba are we going to get? He was so quiet the other night. How about Siakam? He's been bad all throughout the series, but he hit a big shot or two the other, you know, in Game Six. How about Marcus Smart? When he's hitting his threes, when he's making three, four, five three pointers in a game, and giving them another real boost on the offensive side of the ball, how, well, how much better is this Boston team? Even how much tougher are they than when he's just a, a defensive presence, which he's incredible as already. But when he's hitting shots like that, which you get from him, you know, one every three games, it just, it feels like Boston's been so much better. They should have won that game when they, when Toronto hit the crazy shot. They probably should have won the game the other night when Toronto just sort of kept fighting to stay alive. It almost feels like if Boston wins this series, they're going to have won like six games instead of four. Because they, like, they played so much better Throughout it, When you go to the western side you, you look at the two top teams Who are the Clippers and the Lakers And they're up 3-1 to one in their respective series now And I don't think either one of them Would look and feel like they really played their best basketball You know Consistently in the playoffs We get a good game from them and back and forth, not real and and it's different with, with with the two teams. So for the Clippers who are up three to one, they it, the the series was tied one one and Denver came out in game three and was up about ten points for most of the game. And late in the game, what's going to happen is the Clippers are going to execute because they're going to give the ball to Kawhi, and if, if Kawhi gets doubled, they are going to have a lot of different options. To hit big shots and they're going to be wide open If you double Kawhi You're going to be leaving a Paul George A Lou Williams A Morris um, Some very skilled scores, Maybe a Herald towards the rim there, there are a Shamit They have a lot of different guys Who can hit big shots And if they're open they will hit the big shots So the Clippers are going to execute late And that's what they did Against Denver in that game 3 They were able to just Turned up the defense a little bit And it was a little too much for for Murray and Jokic We saw Grant missing a lot of open shots And then they just kicked the crap out of Denver For the most part in game 4 You get little spurts from Denver here and there And it, it looks like Denver is going to be in trouble Remember they were in this situation before They were down 3-1 Just trying to do that against the Clippers Is going to be much different And we've seen the Clippers Be this team that thinks that Not thinks, they do They flip a switch Which it's a little bit scary. It's been a little bit scary getting to this point because there have been a couple times where you, you know, if you're a Clippers fan or I'm sure they've looked up and, and went, really, we're down five right now? Or we're still in a competitive game with this team that we're so much better with, better than on paper? And so if the Clippers, you know, put away Denver in, on Friday when they play in game five, you, you'd have to imagine... A series with the Lakers If the Lakers can get by Houston On Saturday at Game 6 And I'm not going to just say the Lakers are home free yet Because it would be very difficult for Houston to win 3 in a row But hey Crazier things have happened So I'm, I'm not going to say anybody's home free yet But let's just say if these two teams both get there You'd have to imagine the Clippers 
won't be lackadaisical or won't be in a in a Lakers series where they're turning it on and off. If they lose a game or two and just don't play well, that's different. But you'd have to imagine the Clippers are going to give you the the kind of effort and lock in against the Lakers team that they've wanted to play all year long in, in this in that situation. And I think the same could probably be said for the Lakers. I think the difference when, with the Lakers is, um, you know, sometimes they just don't shoot well. Like when they're not playing well, a lot of the times it's not as much. I think with the with, with the Lakers of a sense of thinking we've acting like we've won or acting like we've been there. I just think. You know the Clippers are deeper. They're a little bit more well, and probably more well-rounded. They don't have as much size, but overall, they're they're just a team that sort of carries themselves like they've won a few championships. I think when the with the Lakers struggle, it's because maybe they're struggling with a certain matchup, a rotation that they still may not have figured out here and there. So they have less of a margin for error. The Lakers do than the Clippers if we get to that matchup And I can't wait, I'll be so excited If we get that Lakers-Clippers matchup Something that Laker fans and Clipper fans have really been wanting For a long time and to have two teams This good uh, Playing against each other in the playoffs Would be a ton of fun And the Lakers are now up 3-1, they've won three in a row They did uh, similar in in The first series against Portland where you lose game one And LeBron's even mentioned it He kind of Takes him as a feeling out process Hopefully against the If they were able to get through and, and get to the Clippers Game 1 they'll be able to be You know using it as a feeling out process While also you know Feeling like they have a good opportunity to win that game Their their defense Continues to be excellent though The Lakers and When you're getting These nice contributions From the bench players here and there And it's just different players stepping up That's what the one thing that's been nice about the Lakers That all year long, people have said, who's going to be the third guy, the third scorer? It's got to be Kuzma. He has to average this many points and do this and do that. Well, you know what? It doesn't. When you have AD and you have LeBron and you know what you're going to get from those two night in and night out, you just need one other guy to step up, maybe a couple, a combination of a few others to step up, and the Lakers have been getting that in round one. KCP was playing very well. Kuzma has played excellent all throughout the restart Coming back in the bubble His defense has been great So even on nights when he doesn't shoot well Or doesn't score a ton He is still being very productive on the floor And that was something that he used to not do If he didn't score He wasn't helping you out on the defensive end Now Danny Green all of a sudden Is stepping up and having a good game Rondo's been the one through this series Now for three consecutive games Who's been very good And you know if you looked at Rondo the last couple of years, he was terrible. He was he was one of the worst players in the league since he's come to the Lakers. What we've seen him do in the last three games, he did not do for a total of ten games complete over two years. So for everybody who ripped on him in the the two years playing, hey, you know what? That's he was playing poorly. So we're gonna say it when he's playing poorly. Right now he's playing damn good. And he's giving you something that I think a lot of us didn't think Rondo had left. We've always heard about this playoff Rondo. It's been a few years since we've seen it. Who knows if anybody thought it was there. If he's able to hit just one or two threes a game when he's wide, wide open because they're going to sag back off of him, that just, that's, it's unbelievable. When he gives a little bit of effort on defense and is just sort of standing in the right spot and not cheating and not reaching. And, and not being a little lazy on defense 
that's a big help. He got caught a little little bit on defense a couple times in game four. But he's passing really well. He's attacking the rim. And he when he's playing like this, I hope he continues to play like this because this gives the Lakers another wrinkle. It's hard to count on it. You applaud it when it's there. It's hard to say, okay, we can just pencil Rondo in now for 30 minutes a night. He's going to be awesome. I don't think we can count on that. But when he plays well, hey, great job, Rondo. Caruso hit one of the biggest shots, probably the biggest shot of his life tonight. I think it was a five-point game late in the fourth. The Rockets are on a big run coming back. Caruso's in the corner for a three. He hits the three, comes back and makes a great defensive play on the other end. And And that's Caruso for you. He's just gonna. He's not gonna force the issue ever. He's gonna take what the what the they're giving him. He's gonna he's gonna play his role, and then when you least expect it, he's gonna kind of come out of nowhere and just throw down this nasty dunk, and you forget how athletic the guy is. Morris was inserted in the starting lineup. You know the Lakers have gone small this series. Dwight Howard played, I think, one half of one game. Javale hasn't played the last game and a half. They've changed the the starting lineup now. And this was a coaching adjustment that a lot of people said Oh you can't do that, you don't want to adjust You can't play their game Well, Vogel and the Lakers have done a good job They they have And they're one game away from a conference finals Over in baseball Okay, can you believe That teams now have Played anywhere from 37 To 46 games So like the Cardinals have played 37 The Marlins have played 39 Philly has played 40 up to the Padres who have played 46 Dodgers, Twins, Giants, Cubs all played 45 It's like the Dodgers have 15 games left in the season That's crazy And remember the the playoff The way the playoffs are going to be set up this year in baseball is going to be different Eight teams from each league are going to make American League 8, National League 8 16 teams total make the playoffs Your top two teams from each division and then two wild card teams from each league, so a total of eight. So you get the two, two and two from each division, and then two wild cards from the American League, the two, two, two from the National League divisions, and two wild cards from the National League. So currently, if the season were to end right now, and you're gonna say, "Oh well, the season's not gonna," end. we're 15 games away, 20 games away to at the, for the very most 23 for from the cards. So right now in the American League, there are some major surprises too. The number one seed is the Oakland A's. I guess that that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for the A's to be the one seed. They were thought to be a really good team this year. But but the team that it would be the eighth seed, the Houston Astros. I guess it's a little different when you don't know what pitches are coming, right? But they're the eighth spot. And they are only half game up. And a half game into the playoffs And Baltimore Orioles are just on the outside looking in So we have the one seed Oakland A's versus the Houston Astros Eight seed We've got the two seed The Tampa Bay Rays Versus the Yankees They're the seven seed right now Houston is under 500 The Yankees are just over 500 They have been decimated by injury And a lot of the players that they have Are not really producing So two teams that Again were expected to be very very good teams This year 
legitimately have a chance to miss the playoffs. They do. The three seed in the American League are the White Sox. The Chicago White Sox are only a half game back of the number one overall seed in the American League. They would be matched up with the six seed Toronto Blue Jays, who's starting to play some good ball. Ryu, he didn't pitch well against the Yankees the other day, but he threw, he had like five or six consecutive really good starts in a row. So their pitching is starting to come together a little bit. And then the 4-5 or five matchup would be the Twins versus the Indians. So Baltimore, they were only a half game out of the 8 seed. They're, they're right behind Houston. They're a game and a half behind the Yankees. And they've got four games against the Yankees this weekend. The Tigers are only a game back of Houston for that 8 spot. Seattle, the Mariners, they're only two games behind Houston. And the Angels, they're only four, they are four games back of Houston. That seems like really what the race will be. Doesn't seem like I think anyone outside of those four teams in the American League would be able to make any noise trying to get into the playoffs with just about 15 to 20 left. Then on the National League side, the one seed, Dodgers, continue to roll on. They uh, they lost to Arizona um, on Thursday night, but they're still a strong one seed, and they would be playing the eighth-seeded Giants in the first round. That would just scare the hell out of me, I'm telling you as a Dodger fan, having to play the Giants, a team who had no plans on being in the playoffs this year, in a best-of-three series where the Giants could easily win game one, anybody could beat anybody in one game, and then all of a sudden, now all the pressure's on. You lose game one, and now you come back, and in game two, you give up three runs in the first inning, and you're just scrambling, and you're nervous, and it just, there's no pressure on the Giants. That would scare me. The two-seed are the Padres. They just keep playing so good. They really do look like one of the best teams in baseball. They do. The Marlins would be in. It'd be the two Padres against the seven Marlins. The three seed in the National League is the Braves. They'd be playing the six seeded Cardinals, and the four seeded Cubs would be playing the five seeded Phillies. And on the outside looking in, it's the Rockies who are two games out. They're two games behind the Giants. Milwaukee's two games behind the Giants. The Mets are two and a half behind, and the Reds are three and a half. And that's probably where you would draw the line in the National League as far as teams trying to get in. And what's crazy with the extra spots in the playoffs and with it being such a short season and there's now only being 15 to 20 games left, you look at the this weekend, some of the games scheduled, so many of these games matter. There's a four-game series between Baltimore and the Yankees. The Yankees could be out. If Baltimore won three or four, Baltimore swept this series, they could be out of the playoffs by the end of the weekend. Philly and Miami have a series. Those teams, that's two current playoff teams. That's the number five and the number seven seed that are still trying to hold their spot and, and stay in the playoff hunt. The Mets are trying to get into the playoffs. They play Toronto over the weekend, so that's the number six seed, Toronto, against the Mets team that's trying to to fight their way in. They got a couple teams to jump. There's still, you know, lots of work for the Mets. The Tigers, they're trying to get in. They're only a game out behind Houston. They got to play a tough series against the the three-seeded White Sox, who they want to get all the way up to the one seed. The Brewers, they're trying to get in. They got a series against the Cubs this weekend. The Cubs are the four seed. They've quietly been playing really good baseball all year long. You got the Twins-Indians 
4-5 matchup They're going to be playing this weekend So that's a would-be playoff matchup A playoff preview The Reds Last stitch efforts trying to get in Can they make one last run They got to play the the six-seeded Cardinals this weekend Who they still think they can win the division Rockies and Angels Two teams who They need to get hot If they want to get in They they hook up this weekend Right, The 8th the seed Giants And the 2 seed Padres Two teams in the NL West That you might not have thought Were going to make the playoffs this year They're both in If the playoffs started today And they got a, a series coming up this weekend Seattle on the outside looking in They're trying to leapfrog Houston Maybe they can get that last one of those last spots And then the Dodgers have a, a couple game series with the Astros Can you imagine if the Dodgers Take a couple games from the Astros The Yankees lose a couple games to Baltimore You could have Baltimore jumping over Both the Astros And the Yankees And you could have like Baltimore and the Tigers Or Baltimore and the Mariners As your last two playoff teams With the Yankees and the Astros On the outside looking in that is why there is just a ton to to keep an eye out for in baseball right now. This shortened season made all these games that much more important. One thing that's been important to that's what G said from day one, Sarah Candle Company. SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A Candles.com. The goal of this company was to create a candle, 100% natural, clean burning, high quality that everyone can enjoy. And... A little, little get incentive for the listeners of That's What G Said. Use the promo code G-I-N-O. You get 10% off your purchase. This is why I like promoting and talking about Sarah Candle Company and, and the website sarahcandles.com. All natural soy wax. None of those toxins that are found in paraffin wax, which is used by a lot of the other leading brands. And the all-natural soy wax actually will hold the scent better and burn up to 50% longer than that traditional paraffin wax. Lead-free, cotton wicks, completely natural scents. They're made in micro-batches. They're hand-poured to ensure the highest quality. Locally sourced, handcrafted in the USA. You got around 25 different scents, and they're always adding different seasonal scents. Fragrance oils infused with natural essential oils Heck, they even give you instructions and details How to keep your candle clean How to get the best burn Because remember, you're dealing with flames and fire here You want to be safe You want to make sure that every time you're reusing And you're lighting your candle again You put it out using the the top of your Sarah candle And then you want to trim the wick So you're not using a wick that's been lit That'll maybe have an opportunity to, to spark up They give you all the instructions there Best ingredients, quality packaging, affordable prices, longer burning, none of those toxins, carcinogens, none of those pollutants that are present in paraffin wax. Do you like candles? Does your your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, any of your friends? It's a great gift for somebody. Some of the holiday seasons are coming up. You can get all sorts of different scents to match uh, whatever the taste of your friend or whoever you're shopping for or whatever the uh, the holiday is. Keep checking on all those uh, different seasonal scents That they'll have Perfect gift for someone Promo code G-I-N-O Gets you 10% off of your purchase SarahCandles.com Okay Up next It is NFL Talk Dave the Dream Weaver Our good buddy Ice Cold Exacta Dave Weaver you know from TVG 
over the last couple years TVG has developed a relationship with FanDuel So TVG is now covering sports a little bit more They actually have some shows now One of them in the morning that David uh, will talk about Where he is going to be covering the football games And he's been covering gambling He's been covering all different sports This has been a couple years now So he's paying a lot more attention from uh, an, an analyst standpoint We get into everything about week one NFL With Dave Weaver Kick back and enjoy In this crazy year Where a bunch of sports Have been cancelled and postponed and everything For some reason Football is actually getting to start on time And they're going to get week one underway You know we're going to be talking about every Every week here on that's what G said. We'll have different guests coming on each week to give some of their thoughts on uh, on the week's games. And joining me now, my very good friend, someone who many of you probably know the name from horse racing. You probably think TVG when you hear Dave Weaver. But Dave, because of the relationship that TVG now has with FanDuel over the last couple of years, your role has expanded much, much more to just horse racing. You've always been a degenerate gambler, sports fan who loves to watch football, bet on football. Watch. Games, have a few drinks, play some fantasy But now you're actually covering Every week, every game For It's a little bit different A uh, role for you, and you talked about it Last year when you came on, but now you're Not only a horse racing analyst, you are A football analyst too That's a very flattering way to describe me Thank Yes, that's pretty much <laughs> me in a nutshell um, Keyword degenerate No, but I love betting sports uh, Especially football though, NFL has always been my favorite I've been in these you know, survivor pools for like yeah. the last 20 years. And does nothing get your blood going like a result in a football game, whether you have, you know, a couple hundred bucks on the side or total or fantasy or these, you know, I mean, I love the survivor pools too, They're fun, but man. I just They're love fun. Sundays are just freaking awesome, man. Oh, they are. They're, they're, it, it's, it's something because we're, you know, we see baseball, we see basketball, we see hockey, other sports. It's just the small sample size with football. We only have 16 games. It's just a smaller chunk of the year. It's really only, we have the one big day of the week. Now we got a little bit more. We're expanding a couple extra days of the week, Monday, some Saturday, some Thursdays here and there. But it's really Sunday that we think about. We're not going to even talk about the Thursday night game because you and I are recording this on Wednesday. The show will probably be out middle day of Thursday. So I'd rather give people time to hear our, our thoughts on the weekend games. So we're going to get into all of them And we'll just go through them all, Dave If we have a, an opinion or a strong lean on one way or the other Over, under, spread, great If not, maybe we'll just give a thought on you know The game or these teams throughout the year But um, yeah, I mean Crazy because it, it's so weird To be watching the Like for me, I'm watching the Lakers last night A few days after the Derby And now, <laughs> now football season starting It just seems bizarre I'm confused with everything. Stanley Cup is still going, and baseball's like halfway or more than halfway through a 60 game season. So that those playoffs are coming. Yeah, I mean the college football is totally up in the air, and I don't know. It yeah, sounds like college basketball. What do they want every team to go into the tournament now? Like that's a joke. But yeah, I mean everything's so crazy. But the one constant that it seems like that's going to be a norm is. 16 games for yep. these football teams. I yep. haven't seen any spikes or anything like that. Nope. COVID-19, haven't seen anybody testing positive. So I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends are like worried about signing up for fantasy leagues and well, no, it's going to cancel. Zero freaking chance that, that this doesn't get through. I have way more in NFL yeah. than in college. 
100% and in NFL like if you've been watching any hard knocks and you've seen the way that they do like the Chargers and the Rams have had to do everything every day with the temperature the that's a safer environment than the real world. Oh, for sure. And then just the question is, you know, in between practice and and home are people being tools, you yep. know, yep. but hopefully not. And and then another, you know, major factor that we're going to have to look at this year What's it going to be like with no crowd? How much of a home field advantage are we going to build into some of these games? And then are we going to have to monitor it? I've seen something like the Colts are going to have 2,500 people in the stadium, which sort of seems unfair that one place can have people and another can't, you know, based on. But that's just another added factor because we've been, you know, so many for so long known to kind of build that three points or so in for a home field advantage or for someone. And, And that, you know, is it going to be. Still a big deal sleeping in your own bed and not traveling Sure, but our game's not going to go back and forth Or you're not going to see some kind of runs We've sort of seen it in basketball in the bubble Where there's not really a home court advantage I think the biggest thing is the lack of crowd noise And I don't mm-hmm. know what the rules are Like, are you allowed to pump volume through your speakers So the opposing quarterback can't hear on third and long Or, you know, is it going to be complete crickets Because the whole benefit to me in the NFL of being home is when you get so loud, mm-hmm. you're causing false start penalties. You're causing guys to jump. You, players don't know the play. If there's no fans and quarterbacks can hear and receivers can hear and running backs can hear every single play, we might see a lot of games going over just because yep. the offenses are going to be so in tune yep. with the play. I don't think that nobody's really talked about that with no crowd noise, how easy it will be for offenses to know you know what plays are going on because it's so difficult when there's you know sixty thousand screaming fans. We're humans. Shit, you forget you know? about the human element. So many times people think that like the athlete is like a robot, but you forget to to you know count that into the equation. Human element. Things happen. You get into a bad streak. Oh no, you threw another pick, and the crowd's eating you alive now. You know, like little things like that. It's just we've seen it kind of easier to bounce back. Teams going back and forth runs in the NBA. So, and this is going to be. Yeah, this will be different, and, but like you said, the one thing that's going to be nice is it's a constant. We're still starting the same time the football season should. It looks like we're going to have a, a same-type schedule, and really one of the only things is just going to be a little bit of an expanded playoff this year with a couple extra teams now getting in, so one on each side. Um, so just uh, teams that maybe have been on the cusp getting into the playoffs the last few years, you might have a chance to, an extra chance to get in. Let's jump into it right now, Dave. Let's go uh, game by game. Let's start with a, an interesting one. Let's start with Miami at New England. So, of course, this is you know New England without Tom Brady, but not a bad pinch hitter off the bench, Cam Newton, if he's healthy. And that's what we're all going to be looking at when we watch New England the first few weeks. Miami, I thought, has a really nice coach. He did a good job with a team who we all thought would, would could be winless last year. They they showed some fight. They have some young. Talent, they still seem like they're you know not quite there yet, but they're probably closer to New England than they've been in years. Where do you go in this game? This is uh, New England right now is about six and a half point favorite. I see the over under around 43, 43 and a half. I think Miami's actually good this year, and I think the Patriots are going to drop off big time. I, I think mm-hmm. Miami goes in and wins this game. They've had the ability to beat New England in New England, they did it last year as a big dog. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick still. Can make some magic. Sometimes he gets a little wild and throws five picks, but he can throw the ball down the field. Uh, I think Devontae Parker might have got a little bit banged up this week. That's a question mark. But, I mean, 
They picked up Jordan Howard. They're not the best offense in the world, but I think there are some serious question marks mm-hmm. in New England right now. They lost I a lot like of Miami. people this opting is one out. Of my, one of my money line plays. Miami, mm-hmm. I think, will win this game outright. I might wait to see if I can get it to seven to take Miami. I would really love that extra. But but if you're playing like you are, then it doesn't matter. And I, I could see that, too. I, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a... I just don't know if Cam's going to be able to come in right there and click with a lot of... A lot of uh, opt-outs on the Patriots too They have one of the teams that have had the most players opt out To not play this year Their their defense, remember, was so good last year early But a lot of that was kind of fluky Because they ended up playing a really weak schedule And some str- some weak quarterbacks I'm with you I would lean the Miami side If I can get this up to 7 I'm going to take Miami plus the 7 in here uh, Let's go in this it We'll stay in the division The team that's supposed to be the team to beat is Buffalo They're going to be hosting the Jets Buffalo, similar line here They're a 6.5 point favorite over unders around 40, 39 and a half, 40 or so. Who do you like in this uh, Jets at Buffalo game? I like the under. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be some some really slow offenses here to get the year started. N- none of these teams really, to me, have great weapons anyways to begin with. I, I thought the Bills were kind of fake, just like you thought New England was a little bit fake with their defense last year. The Bills were beating teams like the Dolphins, the Bengals, mm-hmm. um, the Redskins. You know, they beat one winning team, and that was Tennessee, and I think they were 9-7. and seven. So I think they were like smoke and mirrors a lot last year. The Jets to me, aren't that much worse than the Bills. And I'm getting, I think it was six, six and a half, somewhere in that range. I like the Jets and I like the under. So I'm not a big believer in what the Bills offense is going to do early on in the year. And I, I'm trying to stay away from these teams that bring in new players. Stephon Diggs, how's he going to gel with Josh Allen? No no preseason, you know, very minimal training camp. Um, team like Arizona bringing in Hopkins, uh, Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Those Those are all teams that, might take a little bit of yeah, click. That's a great you know? point. So I'm stay away very from Buffalo. Little time that you you said they didn't have that extended camp where you're able to work with these players. It was just so different. Everything was was worried about the virus. Was worried about you know new protocols, which which they had to do. So it might be hard for some of these new acquisitions to click mm-hmm. immediately. This is more of a stay away game for me because I think Buffalo probably wins, but they they really. Until we see this version of Buffalo, Buffalo shouldn't the the versions that we've seen before shouldn't really ever be favored by this much. They just don't score enough. That's a lot to be favored by. And this is another one. If it bumped up to like seven, seven and a half, I would definitely go Jets. But more of a stay away game for me. Like you said, I just want to see those two teams. We go Seattle at Atlanta. Um, Seattle is a two point favorite in this game. So Atlanta is a two point home dog. Over under is forty nine in here. So Seahawks. Falcons, which way do you lean in this one? This is my best bet of the week, and I love the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not a big believer in the Seahawks. I thought they got lucky to win a lot of games. Russell Wilson was just scrambling and pulling things out. I mean, he was awesome, but he cannot save this team 16 weeks this year. And this is a better division this year um, with Arizona improving. The Rams aren't going to be too bad, and of course the Niners are going to probably win that division. I think Seattle might be a nine and seven type team and they go into Atlanta and get shocked by a, a team that I think nobody is giving any respect to. You look at what Atlanta did last year. They beat San Francisco at San Francisco. They beat the Saints in New Orleans and they sucked the first part of the year. Dan Quinn made some coaching changes right around November. I think they were either 0 yep. and 8 or 1 and 7 going to the bye week. He moved some guys around 
um, from you know certain position coaches to different spots and just needed to make a few tweaks. And they were awesome the second half of the year. Matt Ryan is going to have a monster year. Calvin Ridley is ready to just have a huge breakout year. Julio Jones is Julio Jones. You know we're going to get there. They got Gurley. If he's 60%, he's fine. Hayden Hurst, I think, is a great pickup from Baltimore. Their offensive pieces are unbelievable. Their defense, I don't think, is as bad as it was last year. I love Atlanta, everything about them this year. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping it it clicks here in week number one. But I think at the end of the year, Atlanta's way better team than Seattle. So if, if they're as good as I think they are now, they win this game by 25 points. Atlanta, Atlanta can beat anybody and can lose to anybody. This is not a situation that Seattle does well going and playing an early game on the road. And again, we don't know how much the road is going to matter, but it just for the travel, the time that that still is going to matter. I don't like Seattle in this spot at all. I'm with you. I'm going to play Atlanta money line in here. You can get plus two, and you know if, if for some reason this floats up even more over the weekend, but but lock it in and get your money line and get your plus two if you can do so right now in that Seattle Atlanta game. Let's move to Philly at Washington, the Washington football team against the Eagles. The uh, Eagles are a five and a half point favorite over under in this game. I think has gone down now to 42 and a half. So Washington at home plus five and a half Eagles, a big favorite on the road. What do you uh, think about this one? I'm just looking at this is just like a horse racing handicapper. You look at past performances and you look at the history of what Philadelphia has done going to Washington lately. They have won the last three games in Washington by an average of about 15, 15.6 points. So they've won by 10, 13, and 24. So to me, that repeats itself. I think they're going to go in there. Um, they got some question marks. You know, Miles Sanders has missed a little bit of practice, but I he was out on the field today. I think he's fine. If not, hey, Boston Scott filled in pretty nicely mm-hmm. towards the end of last yeah. year. But I think the the running game last year, they they didn't know what they were doing. Jordan Howard's, uh, even Sproles were taking carries in week number one. Now Miles Sanders is a go-to guy. They know he's the number one. I think Deshaun Jackson, healthy, is going to shred the secondary of the skin. So I'm expecting them to jump out. To you know, a twenty-four point lead and pretty much coast into an easy cover. Yeah, this is probably a game that a lot of people might play money lines and parlays and stuff to uh, hook the Eagles in. And I think the Eagles is a, is a strong place. But and anything under six is nice. Um, and they're a, they're a good team that to this week, if you're playing like fantasy, any kind of like daily fantasy stuff, they're a good defense to use this week because they're not. Generally or even if you're if you're like a year-long fantasy and you just are someone that picks up and streams defenses throughout They're a good defense to pick up right off the bat because a lot of people were, are going to draft the You know, they're going to draft the Colts, the Ravens, the Bears, the teams that they think have the great, great defenses You don't necessarily think of Philly as one of them, but they're going to have a couple decent matchups Because they're going to play Washington and the Giants a couple times um, throughout the year So they might be a good one to stash and you can start them right away in week one Let's get to Green Bay at Minnesota So... Minnesota is now a two and a half point favorite in this one. Green Bay was a team who it felt like things really broke well for them a lot last year, and they got blown out a couple times against the uh, the 49ers. So it seems like when they had to step up against the big boys, they really weren't were kind of fool's gold. What do you feel with Green Bay this year? And what do you like in this game with Minnesota two and a half point favorite? Hate this game. It's this yeah. is the this is the worst game for me to bet because these are two really good teams. Um, it's a tight line. Packers could be great again. They could suck. Dolph- I mean, uh, Minnesota could completely suck or could be great. 
I can't figure this game out. I'm I'm not playing it. Um, I would take the Packers just because I'm getting points. Yeah. And I think these two teams are dead even. They're going to compete for the division um, pretty much somewhere around 10 and 6. I think both at the end of the year. I hate this game. So um, give me the uh, give me the Packers just because they're they're the dog. Especially if it goes up to three, I would take the Packers at two and a half. It's a total stay away. I agree with you. I don't. I have no idea. These are two of the teams, just like you said, that I don't get very much of a feel for this year. I have a really hard time. If Green Bay regresses, I would not be shocked at all. Things went their way last year, but they're always in it, you know, like with with their talent, some of their skill level on both sides of the ball, and in the wide open division, they're not going to be bad. So this is just a game. And, and Minnesota, I don't know. They have a lot of defensive changes. They they did you know? Are they going to miss digs on the other side of the ball uh, from Thielen? So some question marks there. Um, I completely agree with you. This is a weird game and, and sort of a stay away. The Minnesota Vikings favored by two and a half over under forty five and a half. There we go to the Colts at Jacksonville, and the Colts are a very hot team. They've made a couple moves. They were a team that was good last year, but they you know they had a few games that just. Got away from them, percent mistakes They were sort of a little unlucky in a couple games And the Jags look like they are Tanking Minshew mania here <laughs> For a year, they're an 8 point Dog at home And the over under in this game is 45 I'm going to give you my overall Perception of these two teams On the year, I think the Colts Win the division, 11-5 and five, Very good team, both sides of the ball An awesome offensive line and a great defensive line and I think Jacksonville is probably going to end up 2-14 and 14 and the yeah. worst team in the league But yeah. that being said I like Jacksonville in this game Because Indy just for whatever reason Does not match up well Year in and year out against the Jags Maybe it's because they're always so overconfident And they go in as a big favorite And you know barely win but they're 0-5 against the spread last five years in Jacksonville they're 1-8-1 and against the spread overall the last five years against Jacksonville so for whatever reason they just don't blow this team out like they're supposed to on paper so even though I know Indy's a much better team in this particular game I'm going to take the points I, I'll take Jacksonville I'm with you too um, I'm taking the because the, this is just one of those buzzy games I think Indy's going to win this game I could absolutely see a late garbage they're up two scores and you get a late garbage touchdown from Minshew to to cover the spread here especially when you get the plus 8 and you get you give yourself the cover of a, a touchdown and a two point conversion so I love um I love if you can find the 8 Jacksonville take the home dog here Indy's the better team I think Indy has an opportunity to be a really good team and and be you know right up there with the top tier teams if if Rivers can stay healthy they're going to have a ton of weapons and their defense is improved also they're just a really really well balanced team that I like their coaching staff I feel like this is just going to be one of those division games that stays a little closer and Jacksonville's heard the last couple of weeks everybody saying they're going to be the worst team in the league they're going to come out and try a little bit here and I Mitch you can can be feisty he's he can keep you in games he's not like Gonna win and he's not a franchise quarterback But he's not an absolute nothing back there either He can move the ball around a, a little bit Let's go Chicago at Detroit We have uh, Detroit now Is up to a 3 point favorite in this one The over under is 44 And you look at the Bears, very good 2 years ago And then they came back to life last year They've got some question marks About who's gonna be taking the you know the snaps It looks like it's gonna be Trubisky now But has he ever really lived up To the hype and the, and the draft pick where do you stand on the Bears this year? And what do you think in this game, Detroit minus three? I think the Bears are terrible. Um, I think their offense is complete garbage. They're probably the worst offense in the league. They don't scare me. They, you know, probably going to score seven or ten points in half their games this year. 
and their defense, which used to save them two years ago when you couldn't run on them, and they gave up 77 yards a game, which was number one in the NFL. Last year, they regressed and gave up an extra 25 yards. That's 102. So you can run on them now. They don't scare you offensively. Mm-hmm. I like Detroit. D- Detroit did lose to Chicago last year at home, but they had David Blau and Bo Scarborough as their quarterback and running back that game, and I think they barely lost. Now we got Stafford back. Um, Kenny Galladay is an absolute freak. He's going to have a monster year once again. And their running back is absolutely loaded now. They picked up Adrian Peterson just in case there's a little bit of a you know hiccup with their draft pick, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift. They can you know piggyback a- AP with uh, Kyrion Johnson. Yeah, they're, so, they got a lot of weapons. They do. Yeah, and they I like were, their they offense. They were sneaky good at the beginning of the year until Stafford got hurt. Remember, they had those two games where they got screwed by the refs against Green Bay. Yeah, and then they, they would had have the been game like 5-0. Against, against Kansas City that they blew a couple that were right on the goal line where they turned it over and then Mahomes went back the other way. Yeah, they should have been 5-0, and and that would have changed everything. And then the one game where they were just kind of going back and forth and you could just kind of feel that it was a game that, that kind of like took them out of a playoff contention. So... Um, the, I think they're going to be a lot better this year too. I, I, it's anything three or under, I'm completely fine with. I don't want to get up into three and a half, but if you can find twos, twos and a half out there, and, and up to three, I'm definitely on the uh, Detroit side. I just, I need to. If 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 Chicago is going to be good, I'm going to be. They're going to prove it to me at least the first few weeks of this year because I, I just, I just don't think so. Um, a team I think is going to be better this year than they were last year, and they were really buzzy. Last year is the Browns We're going to have the Browns at Baltimore Baltimore is a seven and a half point favorite in here Dave And I'm going to go with the Browns As long as it's anything under seven I think the, I think the Ravens still win this game I just like everything that, Bol- that the, the Browns did last year With the moves The good roster moves Now they added to the offensive line Instead of a weakness it's going to be a, a strength for them And their coaching staff is just going to be Competent Actual human beings who can coach a game And know what they're doing I think they're going to be a, a very solid team this year We're not hearing anything about them Which I love They're they're flying super under the radar Compared to last year Where everybody was Browns, 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 Browns And we all know how good Baltimore is And I and Baltimore I, I still think is going to be a very good team again this year I think this is going to be a closer game Cleveland played them really well last year too I think for some reason They sort of match up well with them and uh, And Baker Gets up and plays well after a really bad sophomore season. Give me the Browns plus the seven and a half. If you can find above that, that's fine. Seven and a half is my breaking point. I want to make sure we at least get that. I got them at eight and a half a few days ago, which is Beautiful. a pretty yeah. good, pretty yeah. good number. But I think they can win this game. I, I'm with you. I like Cleveland as well. This is a lot of points for a divisional game in week number one. I mean, Browns went in there last year. At Baltimore, Baltimore was fourteen and two. Their last two games, one of them was the Browns. They got their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield had like three hundred and fifty yards. Nick Chubb ran for one hundred eighty-eight yards and two touchdowns. So you got guys that are confident that they can go in there and 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 you know put up big numbers. Um, Landry Higgins is you know getting a second chance here. Um, who knows about Odell if he's gonna you know. Hey, he, he pay just attention he likes to get and actually try on. to have he's a good a year. Or just be he's not a criminal out, just because he likes to get pooed on, Dave. Let's, let's be honest. I don't even it, know about that. That's a whole other story. That? You didn't see no. this other day. The, one of, uh, apparently, there was a rumor from a girl that's been with him, and it got all it was all over. He was trending that apparently Odell likes to get pooed on. That's whatever. a thing of his. To hey, you know own. what? He's no criminal. That's that's just a, that's just one of. The, it's funny because I I drafted a fantasy uh, like two fantasy drafts later that day. And nobody wanted to pick him 
and I and I ended up getting him really late, and I started laughing, and I said something similar to that. I was like, "Hey, this guy's not a criminal. He just he just wants to get pooed on." So, hey, uh, I think the Browns are gonna be sneaky. I think they're a playoff like the this year, especially with that extra with the extra playoff spot. I think they get in this year. Let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'd imagine it, when, especially when things you know normalize back up, you get out to Vegas a few times. I, I'd imagine you you'll get out there and see a few of these Vegas Raider games. They're playing um, at Carolina though to open the season. They got a tough schedule this year too. If you look at the Raiders' schedule, um, Carolina is a three point underdog at home. But when you talk about teams that have a lot of turnover and some changes They're going to be one of them now With the new quarterback, new pieces Lots of new pieces on the defensive end But, I mean, I don't know Do you trust the Raiders as a three-point dog on the road uh, In the first game of the season? Not not my favorite game either It's this one I could see going a lot of different ways But I don't think the Raiders yet Deserve to be favored on the road I agree I mean, they, they were okay last year They sucked two years ago they're trending in the right direction. Josh Jacobs is set to have a big year, but I don't think they should be a, a field goal favorite on the road. I think Teddy Bridgewater had a great opportunity to prove what he can do last year when Drew Brees went down, and now he can carry that momentum here. He's got one of the best backs in the league. He can hand it off or dump it off to McCaffrey. And you got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and you pick up Robbie Anderson from the Jets, who is a guy that is probably really underrated and might be able to have a big year there. So you got good receiving targets, a monster running back, work course the defense is going to be the question mark for carolina but i think they're i think they're the right side in this game me too me too and then number three especially if you get three you know three three and a half anything three to three and a half is great and under three i would still lean carolina but that's just a good number so if you can if you can find that one out um i'd go get it let's go to chargers at cincinnati this is another team that they're on. They're they're good on paper. They have you know Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback for them. No Philip Rivers this year, so that's going to be a massive change for you know the Chargers and the uh, the Patriots who have had you know quarterbacks for so long, and now they're not going to be there. And not only are they not there, they're going to be somewhere else. And then you have Burrow on the other side for Cincinnati, who was such a stud at LSU. So Cincinnati and the Bengals, they are a three-point home dog in here. Chargers are a three-point favorite on the road over under. It looks like it's down to around 43 here. Where do you lean in this one? Well, I mean, Joe Mixon is a a big key in here. He's got a little bit of something Mm -hmm. going on. I don't know if it's concussion or says his head injury. I mean, that is not good when you're a few days away from the opening game. It's been missing some practices. They need him to to take some pressure off the ruck. ruck, I mean, you're looking at, uh, what is it, Giovanni Bernard as as your starter? I mean, that's... Not going to be good for a young quarterback if he has to totally rely on his receivers because the of the he, world he might and... just not be ready for that yet. So, I mean, I don't like this game because I, I think the Chargers are terrible too. And I'm refused to lay either. points on the road. This I'm not betting this right. game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I'm leaning Cincinnati. And if it floated up to three and a half, I'd probably jump on it around there, three and a half or four. But I would lean Cincinnati in here. I'm just not that high on the Chargers. So I'm going to. I'm going to steer a little bit clear of this one also. Let's get to Tampa Bay, the Bucks. Tom Brady over in Tampa with his buddy Gronk. They've also picked up Fournette recently. They have a couple incredible wide receivers, although it does look like Mike Evans, Mike Evans is going to be a game-time decision this week from what I've heard. But, hey, if he's not in there, you still have Godwin, and you still have a bunch of other tight ends that can catch the ball for you and plenty of options. Um, so you got... 
Tampa at New Orleans New Orleans has started slow the last couple years They've genuinely been a team that doesn't mind losing Their first few weeks of the season And then they start to figure things out They are a three and a half point favorite at home The over under is around 49 here So you got Tampa at New Orleans Which way do you lean? Not the last couple years Six years in a row The Saints haven't covered in week number one And they're Great giving that. up a ton of points They lost to Tampa two years ago 48-40 to 40. As like a 10 point favorite at home They just for whatever reason Sean Payton and company Need a few weeks to get things Tuned in I think Tampa Bay does show up here Might lose by one or two or three I mean if this line says a three and a half um, I think there's Every reason to think that Tampa can score A ton of points in this game As the Saints usually give up a lot In week one this, yeah, this one's weird to me. I agree with you. I'm I'm gonna stay away. The only reason why I'm staying away is because the stat you gave makes me immediately want to go to Tampa. The only reason why I don't want to go to Tampa is because I'm I'm a little bit worried just because of all the moves. They're a sexy team that a lot of people, but but they're good on paper. Their defense has actually improved too, and they seem to be a pretty well balanced football team all over. I like their coaching staff, and if you just take, I know you can't, Jameis for all the crap he gets. He, he can throw the ball and probably has a better arm right now than Tom Brady But if you were just able to take away some of the mistakes he made This team would have been so much better And they weren't a bad team to begin with last year I, I, They're going to be good um, I don't know how good This is a weird game I just kind of want to watch this first game I'm not going to jump on either one too hard yet Because I just it's, It feels like a weird game to me Let's get to Arizona-San Francisco San Francisco is a 7-point favorite at home Arizona, 7-point um, dog on the road here Over-under is 47.5 So we got year 2 now with Kyler Murray Year 2 now with the coaching staff there in Arizona You bring in Hopkins So you know, overall, offensively, seem to be more well-balanced Still have some defensive issues But they're running into a tough matchup week 1 Against a, a 49ers team that, man... I kept trying to beat this team last year. I kept thinking what they were doing early on in the season when you when you could look at their games individually. You could see that their opponents were were coming on off a short week or a bad week or a bad matchup or a trap game. So I had a tough time buying into San Francisco until they just kept beating me and beating me over and over last year. And and so I'm sure this year if I jumped on the San Francisco bandwagon, they'd have a bunch of injuries and struggle. This is definitely a game I'm watching first because I don't want to I don't want to do I don't I don't want to do it to San Francisco this early. I'm going to I like Arizona. I like Kyler. I drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues. I think he's going to be good. But you kind of mentioned this is a tough division, man. All four of these teams are, are feel like they could beat anybody. Yeah, it's a great division. You know, any of them could win it. Even Arizona, I don't think it's totally impossible. No. Um, question marks on Debo Samuel. He's got something going on with his foot. He's going to miss practice this week, but they still have him as a possibility for week one. Take him out of the equation, and that really brings down – Garoppolo's opportunities to to throw the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that you know they're still going to be okay with Bourne and um, their their rookie that could be running some deep routes as well. But I'm not sold that they should be giving up this many points. I think Arizona is going to be one of the more exciting teams offensively to watch this year. Kyler Murray could certainly get himself involved in the running for MVP. Um, with another, you know, improved season. He did awesome last year. Way, way better than I thought. I thought he was going to be a, a bust, and he was fantastic. Um, it just might take him a few weeks to gel with the, with Hopkins. But when you have one of the best receivers, maybe it's not hard to gel. I mean, 
if I threw up balls, I'm sure he's going to catch every one of them that I throw to him if I come within five yards. So, yeah. um, I think I think the Cardinals. This is one of the more ways to win. We've been doing about the last three weeks on TVG. This is the one of the games that we really didn't talk about much. Maybe just because it's a later game on Sunday, but I didn't get a chance to dive too much. But my gut here is that the Cardinals cover. Yeah, I think this. I I sort of feel the same way. I don't think the Cardinals win. I just it, the seven, and if it, especially if it floats up, if you get this to seven and a half, eight, I'd absolutely jump on the Cardinals. It feels right, like pretty close to being right on here. I would just it feels like San Francisco by a touchdown, but I I just don't think it's going to be a blowout. I agree with you. So if that's the case, I always want to take the points if I don't feel like it's going to be a blowout. I just I can't really get too confident of a lean either way on this one. Let's get to the Sunday night game, and then we have two Monday nights to talk about. Uh, Sunday night. Is Dallas Cowboys at the Rams Coaching change for Dallas The Rams look a little bit different um, Especially in their backfield They have really not mentioned what they're going to do They've said kind of maybe a three-headed monster um, Backfield by committee But I know they're pretty high on Cam Akers You still have some good pieces there Defense is going to be the question for the Rams Their defense was horrendous last year After being a a good defense in In the year they made their Super Bowl run So I think they're going to be a little bit better. We talked there in a tough division. Dallas, I never, I, you know, I never know really what to do with, and I think a lot of people are very high on them, assuming that a coaching change is immediately going to equal a ton of success. This is an interesting sort of sneaky game for opening night, and and the Rams fan in me would would not want to take the Rams, but the analyst and the the better in me looks at this game, especially and thinks if it's anything like plus three to three and a half, I would lean to the Rams. I like the Rams, and uh, here are the reasons why. N- not that paying a guy $105 million for five years suddenly makes her defense good, but Jalen Ramsey got paid this Comfortable. week. Um, he obviously is elite uh, at his position, so he's going he's gonna to help. But the, the Cowboys smoked the Rams last year in Dallas, so I think this is a revenge game for the Rams to – you know, to prove that they're not as bad as they looked in that game last year. And let's not forget, we don't have fans, but this is opening week at the beautiful SoFi Stadium, $2 billion right on top of Hollywood Park. I think they spent more like $5 billion when it was all said and done. It's that just a magnificent property. That comes all the way around the top of it. If you haven't seen this thing, look it up online. They show it in, in a lot of the Hard Knocks episode. It is, if you think the scoreboard at the Dallas Stadium is big because it's huge, this one kind of loops all the way around. This stadium is gorgeous. It is just like, wow. Think the Rams want to go down in history as losing their their Hell home no. opener in this We're stadium? The Rams. They are fired up without with or without fans, which it's going to be without. They're going to be they want to win this game so badly. It's a plus three, and if it three and a half, especially, and then and probably some money line here for me with the Rams uh, in this one. Dave, I, I remember. I think you know. You know, you and I were were always. Buddies at TVG but I think one of the Things that made us become closer was When we went on the trip to Presque Isle together For the to cover some of the races over there And when we went it was Actually uh, I think like Saturday Sunday Monday we came back Tuesday and the Monday That we were there after we covered the races Was the first Monday of Monday Night Football When they had two games back to back And so we were on the East Coast watching these two ga- uh, Watching the two games together we were Like play- betting on them a little bit and we were drinking and We were up all night because we didn't have we already had done Our work and we just had to travel back but I Remember whenever I think of this first Monday night With those two games I I gen- I always Remember watching the two of them with uh, with You out there in the hotel rooms and having fun uh, <laughs> And staying up and, and just uh, I think that was a, one of our bonding moments So we've got those two Monday night Games coming up 
this week Let's talk about the first one Your Pittsburgh Steelers at the Giants The Steelers are now up to a six point favorite It looks like over under is 47 and a half so when this line was three and a half, I like the Giants. So at six, I'm really going to like the Giants. Mm-hmm. I am not sold on Steelers in week number one. Big Ben, yes. Is he better than Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph? Absolutely. But when you look at what he did in his start last year before he got hurt in week number two, he sucked in week one. He mm-hmm. threw 20 incompletions, and they got absolutely smoked by the Patriots. And he, he didn't do anything. He's now gone 10 straight years throwing an interception in week number one. So for a guy that hasn't played in forever, that is already rusty as it begins with in week he needs one. a few weeks at least. I don't think minus six is by any means a lock for Pittsburgh. I love the Giants offense too this year. Daniel Jones had a, you know, trade starts with Eli Manning last year. This is his team now. Barkley's, to me, the best back in the league. Sterling Shepard, Slayton. Um, Evan Ingram, I love these weapons that Daniel Jones has to throw to. They picked up uh, Blake Martinez, the leading tackler for the Packers last year to help shore up their tackling problems. So their defense is just a smidge better than it was last year. Their offense is going to be way better. I think the Giants are probably one of the most underrated teams in the league. A lot of people think they're a 4-12 and team. I think they're 8-8, eight 7-9, and 9-7, eight, and, and seven, somewhere in there. But they're, they're going to win plenty of games this year, and this could be one of them. I think ultimately Steelers win close. Um, in a high-scoring back-and-forth affair, maybe something like 30-27 to 27 Steelers. But I'll take the points here for sure. It's funny. I thought this was going to be a game that, that I would have said, sorry, Dave, i got to take your against your team. Because <laughs> I like the Giants, too, at six, especially at six. Like, anything over three, like you said, when you got up into three and a half, and now we're up to six, I really like this Giants team. I think people are all kind of assuming that because Pittsburgh's defense was so good last year and because they were so bad at the quarterback we you we forget what you just said that one big ben was not good in week 1 and two he has not played a game in a long time this isn't just inserting a completely healthy quarterback into a situation and it's going to just click he's going to need some time he's going to need a few weeks he might be off and throw that in with all the the fact that we didn't have the normal training camp the normal ramp up process he didn't have a a preseason game that he could go throw a few passes at to get to get a little bit of the rust off so I'm I'm going to be against Pittsburgh in probably the first couple weeks of the year, and we'll see what their lines are because I think they're going to be over a little overinflated. People just assuming that Ben's going to come back and make them, you know, one of the best teams in the league. I don't know. Their defense still is going to be pretty good. They still have plenty of pieces around them, and in a few weeks, if he's able to show he's healthy and can still be at least, you know, even sort of half of what he's been in his good years, they'll be fine. I just don't. I I'm not going to bank on that. Quite early in the first few weeks of the year Give me the Giants plus the six Final game, the late game Monday night We've got the Tennessee Titans who were very good last year um, And they're going to be going on the road Playing Denver Denver is a two and a half point underdog So Tennessee two and a half point favorite on the road Really like disappointing news today It looks like Vaughn Miller Is going to be out for the season Right before your opener Probably one of your last real like ramps And it wasn't even a full ramp up practice One of the final plays of the practice It looked like he may have injured himself Badly and is probably going to be out for the season Yeah and it snowed In Denver yesterday It was 93 degrees the day before And it Mm -hmm. snowed so they ended up practicing indoors So they were playing on a field That they shouldn't have been And that's just terrible that, um, that it just turned out that way because he was a huge part of why I thought Denver would, would be a playoff team. Oh, me too. Year. I still I still like them. Um, they went from minus one and a half to plus two and a half. So Von Miller's worth four points. That's amazing. But when you look at Tennessee coming into Denver, they have not had a very good time. 
And you asked the question, what do we do with home field teams with, with no crowds? The one team that I still think has the biggest home field advantage is Denver because 100%. they're at that high altitude. Yeah, absolutely. And Tennessee at Denver, the last three times they've come to Denver, they got crushed. Average of 17 points. Last year, they didn't score a point. Derrick Henry, his worst game of the year, 28 yards. And when I heard Von Miller got hurt, I wanted to look up the box the box um, score and see, well, if, how big of a factor was he? He had two tackles in that game. So he even without Miller, they were shutting down. Derrick Henry. So if they can stop Henry, you make Tannehill beat you, you probably have a good chance of winning. I still like Denver in this spot. Yeah, I would lean, I would lean Denver. My my take on Tennessee is just I think they're going to come back to life a little bit this year. Things went really well for Ryan Tannehill last year and and, and I is he that good or was it a good situation where he came in and 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 they kind of just rode a hot wave for a while? We'll see. I'm just not quite as high as them on them overall. I would lean Denver in here. Probably won't be like a play I make unless I got it up to to plus three. Um, but I, I I think Denver actually wins this game straight. That would be the side I lean to in here. So let's give a little recap uh, at the end, Dave, um, for some of the plays that you have. Here are some of the ones that I'm looking towards right now at these lines or better. So keep in mind if the when they move, if they move the other way, they're not games I really like. That, that the key you got to remember how big numbers are. You know when you see the movement like that, especially late in the week, what happens between you know sometimes Wednesday and Sunday or Thursday and Sunday, especially even just on Sunday throughout, is there's a lot of movement. So I like Atlanta at home or plus the two. I think the Jags plus the eight. They're going to cover that game. Give me Detroit minus the three. Give me the Browns plus seven and a half. Anything seven and a half or over. Give me Carolina plus the three. Give me the Giants plus the six. The Rams plus the three. Those are uh, my plays. Dave Weaver, how about some of the ones that you're looking at? So Atlanta is going to be my best bet. Um, and then keep an eye on the teams that have good offenses. Let's recap what I said about the no crowd noise. So offenses are going to do well because the players can hear their quarterback and get all the, the play calling. But if you have sh- crappy offensive players, then it doesn't really matter. So a team yep. like the Jets and the Bills with no crowd, you still have no offense. I like the under. Yep. But the one game that I like the over the most that we didn't really get into totals too much, but I think the Rams and the Cowboys game is going to absolutely fly. So that's a really good like quarterback. Right now ish around uh, right that there. Should get into the 65, 70 range. Yeah, I think so too. And it just I the one thing about the Rams, they'll be better. I think they'll just they'll be better overall. The, de- the defense I still have a question mark about And I think their offense is going to be a lot more fluid this year Than we saw last year So I would I would go with you on that one too um, Dave, you are the man Really appreciate it What's uh, what's your schedule like coming up this week? Let the folks know when can we see you Where uh, More ways to win And uh, So are you now for the next um, you know little while Are you just focused on football Or how does it work for you uh, When do we see you on TVG, all that stuff So I was on a horse racing Today on Wednesday, well, we're doing this on a Wednesday. So Wednesday mornings, I usually have a, a TVG shift. Um, Thursday is more ways to win. Friday, it's going to be mostly reruns of our Thursday show all the way through the weekend. So it's going to be on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we're going to be on in like Chicago, Denver, all of these new nice. sports books that are popping up. And it's now legal in Colorado. It's now legal in Illinois. It's now legal in Indiana. So we're gonna we're going to be on major markets. Like Sunday morning in Chicago, I think we're on their regular CBS, like right before the, you know, the main pregame show. So there are going to be a lot of eyeballs now. Um, So it's pretty cool, not just on TVG, but on a lot of different markets because sports betting is it's becoming pretty big, man. You know that. 
Oh yeah, it's it's all and it's great to see the relationship that TVG had with uh with FanDuel. It's it's been really good for both getting a little more exposure out there all over the place. So, uh, Mr. Weaver, and then where can we follow you on uh, social media? Well, on Twitter, you can find me at Ice Cold Exacta, and that's uh that's pretty much the only place you need to get me. Yep, Ice Cold Dave Weaver, buddy. Thank you. I'm gonna have to uh. <laughs> I'll give we'll link back up maybe like week five or week six and then maybe once again uh, towards the end of the year I'll, I'll try to milk you a couple different times and like I told you because uh, you, you don't worry I'll, I'll pay the fee I'm gonna put in a split ticket for us later on in the week we'll we'll, we'll put in something maybe at Kentucky Downs and uh, and hopefully we can hit a pick four or pick five and uh, and make a, a thousand or two. Well, at Kentucky Downs we might make fifty thousand each. I know. I mean those things could pay anything. Fourteen horse fields. Massive, I love it So Dave, buddy, thank you uh, Tell the family hello Hope you uh, are doing well And um, moving into the, the new place And the, the new man cave We all love to see Sophie out there Take care, man Thank you so much Good luck with Milo's first NFL Sunday Oh yeah, we are ready to <laughs> rock and roll I am pumped for it Folks, don't you go anywhere We're just going to take a quick break And we have plenty more on That's What G Said A big thank you to Dave Talking some NFL with us He'll be back and talking NFL racing, good buddy Dave Weaver So NFL week one Already upon us We have to finish up with the last episode Of HBO Hard Knocks For Rams, Chargers It was Hard Knocks LA This one was all about the cuts Just kind of checking in on everyone to start They go through, you know, the Rams Whitworth, Goff, uh, Ramsey And the rookie Van Jefferson Aaron Donald, seeing how everyone's getting ready Preparing for the final scrimmage and then the actual game. They're just a few days out from their first game now. Tyrod Taylor named the starter for the Chargers, and we we get to see in with a lot of these rookies right before they they either get cut, make the practice team, or maybe get picked up by somebody else like Darius Bradwell, who we've seen for the Chargers, one of the running backs who's been losing weight. He came into sh- uh, to to camp a little overweight. He's been working really hard, hoping to make the team. Clay Johnston, we see him. He's the Real kind of goofy, funny kid, but he loves football. He's super polite. He just loves the game. He tries really hard. He just is in a, a situation where he's right on the fringe. And lots of stuff with the coaches discussing the players, who they're going to keep, final days for the fringe players to get some reps in to show the coaches what they've got. And it's the last scrimmage over at SoFi Field before Sunday's game versus Dallas Sunday night, Rams-Dallas this this is so big The This last few practices For these players That were trying to make the team And you see it in Hard Knocks Because there was so little This this year as far as Preseason games you know, Reps at camp and Things at full speed A lot of these new rookies Or players that were trying to make it Didn't have opportunities to really show What they have so if a coach didn't know them well, they got so little to see of them. And we check in with the the Chargers and and their star Derwin James, and unfortunately we uh, we do end up getting uh, getting some some bad news. He he's getting ready for their lone scrimmage, and he comes off the field with some sort of injury. They keep talking about it like it's really not that big a deal, like it's a cramp. And we find out a little later that it's it's more than that. We also see the rookie, Herbert, almost getting caught up with Ingram in a situation where Ingram's going a little too quickly and he almost gets his hand, he kind of gets his fingers caught in there. And and now cut day is here. And 
with the virus and with the the COVID, the practice squads have been increased. So they want to be able to have the ability if there's some sort of an outbreak to make sure that everybody's taken care of or that their uh, teams can be able to fill if if need be and we yeah you know, we get a lot of talk with the with the rookies and with the the players who are who are uh, going to get cut like Juju Hughes who was sent to the practice squad for the Rams the injury that he had ends up hurting him cuz the Rams are deep at his position Dante Dion he's one other one that he gets released but the Rams want to bring him back on the practice squad. The coaches love him, but they have a lot of depth at the position. And then we see Clay Johnston, and it was tough for Clay because he was waiting at the facility, and he saw other people, and he heard they were getting cut, and he waited around, and so he just assumed they hadn't called him in that he made it. So he ends up driving away. He was like an hour and a half away. They have to call him back, and of course, even when they bring him in and told him, he's so polite, grateful for the opportunity. And they love the way he works and how he carries himself. He says he has no regrets. He he did his best. We then find out about the Derwin James injury. Oh, done for the year. Meniscus. Just devastating news. Uh, so just another brutal, brutal injury. Tyrod Taylor working extra. He's ready to lead this team who a lot of people aren't really projecting uh, big things for this year from the Chargers. Darius Bradwell, he gets cut. He's going to be on the practice squad. He just wasn't in shape. He kept working. The, the coaches like that. Coach Lynn wants to help him specifically and to teach him how to use his body and to become a better back. We also see uh, a Faco who gets released, but he's going to be a, a practice squad player too. And then Clay Johnston, he actually chooses to go to the Carolina practice squad because his former college coach is now the coach over there and his dad is now on the staff there. So the coaches for both the Rams and the Chargers, they talk to their rosters. They are ready for the year. It is time for some football. One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor. And I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us uh, a little bit about what, uh, what kind of stuff you were working on. Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia, out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, The market has has been uh, really good. Um, We're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, It's also looking great for buyers. Uh, The interest rates right now are going to be staying under 4%. So if you've been on the fence about thinking about buying a home, Home, now is the time to do so with interest rates still staying low. And you offer more services than just the buying, selling, and leasing homes. Tell us about some of the other services that you offer and what a full service realtor really is. So you're right, Gino. Besides me being uh, a full-service realtor of uh, finding properties for my clients to buy or selling their homes or finding rentals for them, um, I also have a plethora of resources like uh, handyman, contractors, electricians, plumbers. Uh, I even, if like I said, if you're thinking about getting a home loan, I actually work with two great lenders that I can recommend to anybody. 
and you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. They, everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact? Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarava.com, or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com, or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400. Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, Appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast. Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone. Let's get into the horse racing part of this episode, and we're going to start with Saturday over at Kentucky Downs. All these turf races at Kentucky Downs, they are awesome. Really, really competitive, really contentious. Let's start in race number one, get those past performances out. We're talking September 12th, Saturday. Race number one, six and a half furlongs, the distance. We're going to kick it off with an early pick five here, and what's nice is that these pick fours and pick fives, they're at a 14% takeout. So you don't have to feel forced to necessarily play a pick five if the pick four is also a similarly low takeout. The reason why you play the pick five instead of a pick four is because a lot of times they have a pick five that's, you know, 12% somewhere, 14, and then their pick four will be 25%. You'd rather play the pick five there. So at Kentucky, it's nice with when you have the 14% on both, you don't have to feel forced. But I'll put pick fives up. If you want to play pick fours, you can just kind of cut and uh, and, and paste or, or uh, you know, make some adjustments. In race number one, I'm going to put the three on top, French Rose. Now, the four is the horse to beat. Keep your distance. This one was claimed for 25 and protected. This is a 10000 allowance. So these are horses who have run at some point for a claiming price of 10000 or less since September 12, 2018. Keep your distance has been facing 25 claimers and 16 claimers as of late. And looks like the speed and the one to catch, cutting back from seven to six and a half furlongs, proven on the turf in really nice form for a barn that's really good first off the claim. And she's coming out of some of the better races. I think you have to use her in your pick fours, pick five, in your pick fives, any exotics that you're, you're planning to start. The three French rows is going to be the top selection. You look at the grass initially. And you go, oh, okay, oh, she's over for her. She's not very good on the grass. Those races are better than looks. One of them she faced the boys And all four of them were going a mile That's farther than where she wants to go This six and a half furlong distance Is going to be much more to her liking If you just put a line Through the races That she was in a little too tough That are on the page You're left with some really nice consistent effort She was in too tough in the fairgrounds Oaks She was in too tough in that optional claimer At Churchill where she was behind Four graces and Miss T2 she should be sitting right behind Keep Your Distance in a race where there's not a ton of speed. And if Keep Your Distance stops, French Rose should have every opportunity to go right by. I'm going to put the three French Rose on top. If she's anything around 7-2, to two, I'm going to make a win wager on her. And then the, the six, the... The six heaven escape would be the other one The turn back is really nice uh, She will come running She was taken back to last, she was on the inside She was about 10 lengths off She was traveling well on the inside She just had nowhere to go She was completely blocked, she altered off the rail 
And it was a pretty nice fourth place finish She's been consistent in her last three And she'll come running if they go too quick early Three, four, six Pretty logical in race number one To kick off the pick five at Kentucky Downs on Saturday Race two I'm going to start with the eight One of the overall thoughts is I'm sort of against the one uh, The entry, you got the briefcase bully And you've got Rochambeau here Would they shock me to win? No but briefcase bully, you're 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 gonna come get coming off of a good effort, and you haven't raced since January. That's a little bit concerning. Trouble in the debut, came back second start at Gulfstream Park, off slowly, was last on the inside, right up on the heels of rival. Lost Grand started rolling, and had nowhere to go, or then had to go widest of all, and angled out really wide, just missed. But you know she hasn't raced since January, so that's a concern. And then Rochambeau, the layoff lines are, are something that concerns me And the, the, the work tab is a little bit spotty It looks like there are a couple spots missing She does come, He does come out of some, some good races So they, would the, the entry be a shock in here? No But I, I think there are others to use So I'm going to spread out a little bit I'm going to start with the 8 actually And that's going to be Casanova Kitten In his debut, he was a, uh, a decent second going a mile on the synthetic up at Woodbine that was in December Came back in June He completely missed the break He squeezed back He was up onto the heels of arrival Multiple times Nowhere to go uh, He had trouble again on the inside Then again in the stretch It is pretty crazy How many different times This horse had trouble He legitimately had one of the worst trips you will see uh, Does that mean he's Good enough and he can win this race? No But that means we don't even know who he really is He, If he took a little step forward From career start 1 to career start 2 And we'd be playing this horse as a much different animal in here And you're going to get a, a, a much better price because of that effort So if he's anything around 5-1 to one, I'm going to make a win wager on him I think he's a horse you have to use in all of your exotics The 6 capital call I like coming in from Southern California He chased lone speed And he could have been a little bit better than fifth He sort of got caught in a blind switch towards the back And he might have been able to get a length or two closer The three Glenn County Is going to be on a, on a lot of the tickets He was three wide early He settled fifth of five He was chasing very slow fractions And a lone speed winner And he just had no shot with that kind of trip Chasing that pace Summer Palace First time gelding Broke well, sat second Was a length off Opened up a couple lengths, uh, opened up two Tired late, it was a solid third He was third behind a horse who came back To win a maiden special weight at Ellis Park Eight, six, three, four, ten I would also uh, include in some of your exotics Beachwalker, who would be no shock Shortening up a little So we'll we'll, uh, we'll spread out and we'll toss the uh, the entry in here, briefcase bully and uh, and Rochambeau. Through eight, six, three, four, ten in that second. On to race number three, and I'll start with the eight as my maybe my, the the sneaky horse to include in some of your exotic. It's, that is Kendama, who is lightly raced with some upside. Just another step forward. Should have put him right there. He was behind a six-year-old, five-time winner. In that first level allowance race at Penn So this is not a, a bad spot For him here The one horse sharecropper 
he looks like the one to catch. There just is not a ton of speed on paper. Who else is going to go with him? I think the plan has got to be send him hard from the inside. Third off the break. Uh, you're going to go second time on the grass, second time for the new barn. You got Giroux jumping aboard, and this is where he's really, really good out on the front end. I think Sharecropper could be really, really tough to run down. Eight, one, and the seven, Bourbon and May, is no doubt the horse to beat. Those are my top tier, eight, one, seven. I'll use them in all of the exotics. And then maybe on a deeper exotic ticket or two, others that I would look to, Hell or High Water, the six, and then towards the outside, the the ten, Hackberry, the uh, Bayou Prospector and Parade Field would all be uh, horses to possibly use in some of your exotics. But 817 there with uh, the 8 on top. And uh, Sharecropper, probably in all exotics, because definitely a horse who could get brave and, uh, and sneak away from that field. In the fourth race, Maiden Special Weights going a mile on the turf course there, two year old Phillies. I will go to the 7 Magic Solution as my top selection. Magic Solution debuted at Ellis Park on August 21st. First, it was a fine start, and and then she was outrun a little bit. She was back to last, maybe 15 lengths off of it at one point. She angles out at the top of the stretch. She closed really, really well. She made up a ton of ground. She was fourth that day in a big field. She was beaten just over four lengths. I thought it was a nice effort, and now you stretch out from 5.5 to a mile. I think she'll sit a little bit closer, and any improvement at all would make her tough in here. She's going to have to get by one fast orb. The six, the the issue with one fast orb is there's probably going to be some other speed coming in here from Golden Voice, maybe a little bit of speed from a horse like Bold Article, and then who knows with some of these first-time starters or horses stretching out, if they show a little more speed. They will have to get by one fast orb. The first-time starter, Bunnings, will also be on some of my tickets. This damn won twice on the turf, and she has a couple of turf-winning sibs for a very capable first-out barn who seems to have this filly showing a little bit of ability in the mornings. I'm going to use 7, 8, and 6 here in race number 4 at Kentucky Downs with the 7 as the top selection and possibly a horse to single on one ticket and then 6, 7, and 8 on another. We get to race number five, and I will spread out a little bit in here. I will make the five my top selection, Martial Law, who is pretty versatile. Um, I think at this distance, she'll be sitting a little close. He will be sitting a little bit closer. The eight, Captain Hardship, is uh, one another one who you can make some excuses for the June race. You can make some excuses for the races that were coming right off the long layoff and sandwiched by layoffs. He's really starting to round back into form, and he could be trending in a really, really nice direction at a middle-tier price. The 9, hard to leave him out of a lot of your exotics. Tide of the Sea, the race will probably go through him because he should be sitting very, very close throughout. The, the 10 would be another to include Midnight Joestar. Yeah, you want to go a little bit deeper. And then the 7, Kentucky goes to just have the ability to, to, to maybe sit in a really nice spot and, and sort of fall into a victory in here. 5, 8, 9, 10, 7. That's how I stack them up in race number 5 at Kentucky Down. So in some of the early races, early exotics, maybe an early pick 5 in race number 1, that would be something like 3, 4, 6 with... Three, four, six, eight, ten, with one, seven, eight, single the seven with five, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can come back and play a pick four in race number two, where you go three, four, six, eight, ten, with one, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, twelve, with six, seven, eight, with five, eight. 
you know, just different combinations. What's nice when you can play the pick four off the pick five when they're both similar and and uh, nice low takeouts. In race number six at Kentucky, it's kind of the in between race between the, uh, the the two different pick fives. I do think the four Private Island will be tough at a short price in here. He faced multiple graded stakes winner Jackie's Warrior in his debut, and then he came back and he went long on the grass second time out and was a was a good second. It, it was not a bad effort. So Private Island is going to be really really tough in here. I'm not going to try to play anything else or or get really cute. I probably will. Really steer clear of this race for the most part In race number 7 This is where your late pick 5 Will kick off And I'll be spreading around a, a little bit In here, the 3 tap it today For Chad Brown is going to cut back And go second off the short break And coming out of a productive race Who To me feels like One that's going to be you know Really tough to get by And maybe a little bit sneaky In this spot, the 8 Secret message is probably the class And the one they'll have to beat Regal Glory is Is a horse who I liked quite a bit last year She's been unlucky because she's chased Newspaper of records a couple times this year She's got to prove it She's she's a logical filly and she's going to take Money and she deserves to be one of the short Prices in here but she doesn't tower over this Field she doesn't feel like an absolute standout To me she doesn't feel like a horse I would like to Try to beat either so I'll use the Three we'll use the eight we use the six, the four English Affair will probably show up on a couple tickets also, and then the two Princess Causeway as maybe a bust out long shot to include in a, in one place or another. Three, eight, six, four, two in race number seven. We move on to the eighth, which is the Kentucky Downs Ladies Sprint. I'm gonna put the seven in here on top. That is Kariba, who you could just look at this lightly raced four-year-old filly And she really continues to progress and step forward and Her last few starts now for Clement One more little improvement She would be really, really tough in here And she's going to need to improve a bit to get by Got Stormy Who, I like this cutback quite a bit for Got Stormy Coming out of the, the mile races Now cutting back to this elongated six and a half furlong sprint On a on a deeper track, a deeper curve course this this mare has ability and she should be really fit here if some of the others are not. The nine into Mystic would be another one to include. I mean, she's just sharp. She's just in, in nice form right now. And she's got some speed. She shouldn't be too far out of it. The some of the questions about the six and a half though. The five would be the long shot to take a look at. Change of control, who was in a race that was taken off the turf last time out. But this has done so little wrong. Seven, eight, nine, five, seven, eight as sort of the top tier on tickets, and we'll use the nine and then the five on a, on a couple others. And, and then honestly, I'm gonna play a couple pick fives that you'll see where I'm gonna go back to back singles in the ninth race, the juvenile turf sprint. I just don't know who's gonna sit, and the the six and a half furlongs on this turf course really is something that I have a hard time. Figuring how some of these horses are going to get the trip they would need to win And so for me, I'm going to single the one horse who I think is going to sit nicely And has shown that he can do that And now it's out of, out of door For Ward Who also has Fauci But I think Fauci is I don't really know if he wants to sit Much And go six and a half Whereas I don't think that should be a problem for out of door at all 
And I look at this race, and really, every, there's so many horses that you expect are going to be close to it or on the lead, and that's because it's all they've shown. Petit Verdot, County Final should be right there throughout. Boss Bear is just a total wild card, but I'm actually going to throw Boss Bear on a couple tickets. You know, Bodenheimer is going to be quick. What are you going to get from Cowan? Probably some more speed. Scorsese. So I'm going to single the nine, and then I'll play, I'll play another ticket where I'll actually throw in the four, the five, the six, the eight, and the ten. Let's get to the tenth race, the Kentucky Turf Cup for a million bucks. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with singling Zulu Alpha in here too. This is a race that they've pointed to. This is a race that they wanted to win, um, and this is a horse who who knows this turf course. And I don't really like Arklow. And when you take Arklow out of the race, just from a class perspective, who can really keep up with Zulu Alpha? So with Zulu Alpha, if he gets anything close to a decent trip, I think he crushes this group. And then I'll play another ticket where I use the 7, the 6, and the 12 as maybe some horses. He's no Lemon, who's starting to peak. Postulation, who shouldn't be too far out of it throughout. And then Hierarchy would be another I'd also include. So it would be 10, 7, 6, 12 there uh, in race number 10 at Kentucky Downs. We move on to the 11th and final. It is the Turf Sprint. Talk about a wide-open race. What's nice is if you play a pick 5 where you have a couple of singles, you have the opportunity to you know spread out in the last race. I'm gonna play one ticket where I go all, play another ticket where I'm using I've I've them stacked two, seven, twelve, three, four, five, six, nine is all legitimate contenders that I want on, on my ticket, somewhere or another. So when I'm going that deep, it just makes sense in at least one of them to, to press all. And um, and then in the races where I or in the, the sequence or two where I shorten up, it'll probably be two seven, two seven, twelve. With Steubens as a horse who got a good run over this track last year. Really, really versatile. Can come from off the pace, but doesn't have to be too far back. And is a legitimate turf sprinter. I like him quite a bit. And then you got American Anthem, who's trying the grass for the first time. I've always been a fan. I like this cutback to six furlongs for him in his first start on the grass. The 12, you have Bound for Nowhere, who's going to be tough scratch out of a spot the other day for this one. The, the 3 Front run the Fed. I, there's so many ways to go, but for me, I have two seven twelve stacked as my A's and uh, head and shoulders above everyone else. So in the pick five, in some of these late pick fives, in race number seven, it'd be two three four six eight with five seven eight nine with nine singled with ten singled with all. Maybe you come back and play something like three six eight with seven eight. With four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, with six, seven, ten, twelve, with two, seven. A couple different approaches in your pick fives. On Saturday, the horses we want to make sure to include in some of your exotics the first race, the three, French Rose, Win Wager, anything around seven to two. Second race, the eight, Casanova Kitten, anything around five to one makes sense there. Seventh race, the three, Tap It Today, anything around seven to two. Eighth race, the seven, Kariba, around five to one. And in the tenth, the number two, Steubens, anything around seven to two is a good fit. Not a lot of horse racing memorabilia swag t-shirt places out there. I got a great one for you. OldSmokeClothing.com. T-shirts with horses' names, polo shirts, 
hoodies, long sleeves, zip-ups, hats, with names of the big races, slogans, race tracks, or specific horse names. How about Authentic? You like Authentic? They got an Authentic tee on there. What if you're a Tis the Law fan? They got a couple different Tis the Law t-shirts or a, a, a hat. All sorts of different trucker hats that they've got coming in now. New shipments of their trucker hats. Black and, and black with the uh, the 1A patch. They got a gray and white with the 1A patch. They got a navy and white with the 1A patch. If you use the promo code GINO, no shipping, free shipping cost for you from OldSmokeClothing.com. Show that horse racing fan in you. You a Bob Baffert fan? Why don't you get the, the Bob Baffert tee? It's a silhouette of Bob Baffert's head. Uh, after he wins another derby this year with Authentic, or so I didn't even like it all. But if you want to rub it in my face, go get an Authentic T-shirt. Use that promo code G I N O. It'll get you free shipping on your order. Saves you a few bucks. OldSmokeClothing.com. Hey, holidays are coming up. Great gift idea for any of your friends, family members that you know love horse racing. Check out all the different selections that they have. And also, right now, if you sign up for the one-year membership for the subscription box program before September the 16th, you will be included in the next quarterly mailing list. So the subscription box, the Old Smoke Clubhouse, is a $500 annual fee. And what it includes is a quarterly package with a, a t-shirt available only to members, custom horse racing themed gift, various package fillers. You're also going to get a club, uh, Old Smoke Clubhouse headwear piece made exclusively for members. You're also going to get an outerwear piece exclusively for members. You get 20% off of all orders at Old Smoke, access to the Old Smoke Clubhouse online forum, video feature appearance on AmericasBestRacing.net, quarterly betting contest, cashback referral program, additional perks added quarterly, if you're someone who is interested in horse racing swag, if you just like the history, any memorabilia, this is something to take a look at oldsmokeclothing.com. Check out the clubhouse, that subscription box. Make sure you do it before the 16th and you will be included on the next quarterly mailing. They have the uh, the the Royal, which ships the first week of October. The Eclipse, which ships the first week of January. The Derby, which ships the first week of April. And the Spa, which ships the first week of July. OldSmokeClothing.com, promo code G-I-N-O, gets you free shipping. Big Saturday up at Woodbine with the Queen's Plate. Tons of stakes races on tap. Let's jump right on into them. Get those past performances out for Saturday, September the 12th. And at Woodbine, we're going to flip to race number two which is a, a small stakes race, the King Corey. Five furlongs on the turf course here. I'm going to go to the three, Duke of Carthania. Now, you look at this gelding, and look who he faced in his career debut over at Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Art Collector. Comes back in his second start and is a good second behind a next out winner in front of a horse named Blackberry Wine, who's a nice one. In his maiden-breaking score, he beats a horse named Spanish Kingdom, who and uh, Demartini is in that race. Those two have come back to be very nice allowance and stakes-type horses. Comes back at fairgrounds on February the 1st, hooks a loaded race that has a after he's acting up a little bit in the paddock at 2-1, to one, and then he's gone from February to July. So we can make a legitimate excuse for him in that February race, put a line right through it. He comes back at Woodbine in July, wins, and that race has already become productive so far. I think Duke of Carthania in a race where Forrester's turn is pretty quick. You'd have to imagine he's going to be going. Frankatelli is going to be flying early on. 
II Sir, first time gelding is going to be going. Cajun Casanova is going to be flashing some speed to the outside. I think Duke of Carthania will be rolling late. The number three will make a win wager if we can get anything around seven to two or so. On this big stake Saturday at Woodbine, they have a pick five with a two hundred thousand dollar guaranteed pool that begins in race number eight. It's an it's a Four of the the five races are stakes races in the pick five sequence, and you can play for just twenty cents. If you're someone who doesn't play Woodmine a whole lot, or maybe you you're I don't want to play a whole bunch of my bankroll. Remember, you can you can get some action for for a twenty cent based wager. So in race number eight, the horses I'm going to use here to kick off this pick five, the three Truth Hurts. She was off from February to August. And and then she comes back in a really tough spot last time out. She runs into a nice filly named Monday Call. We saw Monday Call come back in the eight bells. She finished fourth that day because she went too fast early on. And the filly who ran her down was Sconson, who was also in that Audubon Oaks at Ellis Park on August the 9th. So uh, that race was really strong that Truth Hurts comes out of. It was against Open Company. She had a crowded start. She settled mid-pack. She was three deep. She was five off. She got up into third, and she wasn't too far out of second. Nobody was going to beat Monday Call that day. Truth Hurts needed the race. It was her first start since February. I think she's got a, a lot of upside in here. Plenty of time to recover. She's had over a month, so if she ran big, because she got a big figure that day, and now she stretches back out. Number three, Truth Hurts will be my top selection And a horse I'm going to make a win wager on At anything around uh, You know, 3-1 to is probably the lowest I'd go I'd, I'd want 7-2, to 4-1 to one. The 2 of Fleet Catherine is the horse to beat We'll use in all exotics I think the 7, Infinite Patience Is a, uh, another who has an opportunity here To try to take this field gate to wire Third start off the bench Turning back from a mile and an eighth To a mile and a sixteenth here Could be the one to catch 3 Two, seven to kick off the pick five in the eighth race at Woodbine. In the ninth race, Elizabeth Way sat third, was in the two path, um, was in up to second to press, was just off, and just couldn't end up getting to the leader, Theodora B, who's in this race, who draws the rail. And Theodora B would probably be a pace foe, or at least a horse that you'd imagine will probably show some speed from the inside if she is in this race and not running on the 13th. So Elizabeth Way for me is a, a horse to use. I'm going to make Theodora B prove it though if she is in this spot because I think there are a couple others who might push her like the five another time. I'm using in, in all my exotics. I think she's going to be forwardly placed stretching back out from seven furlongs getting back onto the grass in here. And, and then the 10 Cambier Park is the one to beat. I would love to try to take a shot against her. She has not raced since October. She hasn't raced in 11 months. There's just not there's really nobody else I love in here. There's nobody that gets the blood boil and nobody that gets me excited. So I, I that's three ten five in race number nine. And then we get to the Queen's plate. It, let's start with the two, Merville Lowe, who was third in the Woodbine Oaks behind Curlin's Voyage. She does not have to be as far back as she was because she was waiting behind horses at the back. She had nowhere to go, and she was just behind Curlin's Voyage. But that one was able to Curlin's Voyage was able to start to weave through traffic, whereas Mervelo just had to wait, 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 and you know that was the difference between 
you know, first and third. Does that mean Merv Lowe would have won? No, but could have been a little bit closer. And 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 it, we have that excuse built in. I think you have to use her in her in here. I think she can sit much closer. I'm using the two Mervalu and all the exotics. I'm also going to use the one that beat her because Curlin's voice is, is very nice and she's in great form right now. Clayton is the one to beat. He's a little goofy though, and he does not tower over this field as a horse who may be favored. He doesn't have these monster standout figures. He was bumped at the start, he was in tight. He was rank, he was not comfortable for the first quarter He settled third, fourth, two deep He loomed up three wide Right by the top two, easily And then he couldn't switch leads And he's waiting around on horses And he's getting a little lazy late But he still got the win He might just be the best and be the class And that he just might be one of those horses who doesn't win by ten And then look towards the outside The 13 and the 14, Mighty Heart and uh, Tecumseh's War They come out of the same race Mighty Heart made a big early three wide move from six three wide, uh, was three off um, like all the way up to lead got a bit tired but now it's gonna go third off the bench and that was the first time going a mile and an eighth Tecumseh's war was settled on the inside and third fourth was tucked in within a couple lengths made a nice move up the rail after waiting patiently with nowhere to go they would not be a shock they would not have to jump up that much to beat this group two 10 12. 13, 14 for me in race number 10 As we move on to race number 11 at Woodbine I'm just going to go too deep in this one It's going to be the 12 and it's going to be the 4 The 4 is the horse to beat, that's Jeannie B Who, she was inside towards the rear And she had to work her way through traffic She was a good second, she had a big gallop out And they will have to hold her off She's cutting back from 7 to 6.5 furlongs I don't think it's going to be much different for her The the 12 is the horse who I, I like And if we can get around anything over 7 to 2 I'm going to make a win wager on Perfection Cat Who this 5 year old mare Had not raced from December of 2018 To July of 2020 And she had a really good start She took back to the second flight She was in between horses And this was on the grass She was shuffled back And she, she was shuffled back She was angled around 4 wide It was a sick beat if you backed her She had the lead late in the stretch She lost to a nice one named Fleet Catherine She's had plenty of time to recover from that race now Second start for the the barn, the new connections I think Perfection Cat is going to run a big one in here And we'll make a win wager if we can get anything around 7-2 to two. So just the 4 and the 12 in race number 11 To close things out in race number 12 You could look at this a few different ways I'm starting with the 7 AV Samurai Who... Was going a mile on the turf last time out And now we'll cut back the 6.5 on the synthetic She's better at this distance Right around this distance And she's much better on the synthetic She tracked nicely Inside on the rail She was in a bit tight She was a couple lengths off She didn't seem to love it down there She got shuffled, she got bumped Then she gets a nice opening She moves through She's right on the lead And she just gets nailed late now you get the cut back to the distance she likes You get back to the surface that she likes You move from the inside to the outside Where she should be able to stalk nicely In a race where you think that Artie's princess is going to be forwardly placed And might not want the six and a half furlongs We're not sure if Cambria Really wants to go this far Who knows You know what kind of a trip You're going to get from positive danger Is she going to be showing early speed Or maybe be sitting because she's cutting back from the, the route I think the seven is the one to beat I'll play one ticket 
I might might single the seven on one, and then the others to look to the look to would be the one boardroom who has been freaky good in her two wins, the three Cambria. I treat her as a total wild card. She was really good winning last year, right around this time at, at Kentucky, and then she went to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint, and I think it's it's an easy race to forgive because we didn't see her. You know, show up from November until July, but then when she showed up in July, she didn't run well again. She did have trouble that day. I'm gonna treat her like a total wild card and use her in some spots because she's not gonna be a short price. And then the four R secret agent trying to win a third consecutive. There's nothing really wrong with what she's shown. You know, she was decent over at Churchill. She's never really run a bad race. Look who she hooked in her career debut. She dares the devil. So. 7134 in race number 12 at Woodbine. And so there's a, a, the pick five that goes from races 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. I would play a ticket that would go 237 with 3510, with 210, 12, 13, 14, with 412. And then if you play a ticket for 20 cents, it's 18 bucks a horse. If you singled the seven, it would be 18 bucks. You could go one, three, four, seven, and that would cost you seventy-two. You could go one, three, seven, that would cost you fifty-four. Those would be the the approaches that I'd be looking at with this. And remember, twenty cent base. Woodbine for Saturday. It's a big day up at Woodbine on Saturday, and it's another big week for Stable Duel. The uh, big weekend. Starting on Friday, if you're someone who loves playing in these uh, these horse racing contests where you can play against a whole bunch of other people, you're playing where you pick a lineup of, of horses for one track that day and you get points if your horses finish first, second, third, fourth, fifth. You get additional points for, you know, if your horses win by a, um, open lengths, extra points for, you know, the dominating performances. Let's talk about the stable dual schedule this week. Okay, we got. Friday, Charlestown, five bucks you can play for. Woodbine, ten dollar contest. Gulfstream, ten dollar contest. On Saturday, Woodbine for the Queen's Plate, they have ten dollar contest. They have a five dollar top three contest at Golden Gate and at Kentucky Downs. They have a fifteen dollar. They have a five dollar regular contest and a fifty dollar top ten contest. On Sunday at Golden Gate, they have a regular $10 contest. At Kentucky Downs, a $25 top 10. And then a really cool $5 aftercare charity game where all the proceeds are given to Thoroughbred Aftercare. So that's one that I'm making sure that I'm going to get in and I'm going to really try to promote and push um, some of you to get in too because those proceeds are all going to go to a really great cause. All September, it is Play, Race, Adopt. With Stable Duel Let's talk about our Stable Duel contest for Saturday So I'm going to be playing in some of the Kentucky Downs Contest on Saturday You can play in the $5 regular contest Or in the $50 top 10 I'm going to get my lineups in both of those And And I'll give you some horses in each race To use at the different prices So in the first I like French Rose, and at 6-1 to one on the morning line, it's only going to cost you 5000 to use French Rose. If you want to spend up a little bit more, for me, it would be the 4, keep your distance. I just don't think there's a lot of speed in this race. I think they're going to be maybe 1-2 or both sitting very close in a race that, that's not going quick early. I'd rather go the 5000 with French Rose than the 9400 with keep your distance, but if you want to spend up there, I'm fine with it. 
In the second, the eight Casanova kitten at ten to one will only cost you a thousand. That's a that's a, a must use for me in at least one lineup. The six Capital Call uh, at eight to one, you know, could be another one to use because that's only going to cost you three thousand. If you like the entry, I'm going to take a stand against the entry in you know the early pick five. But if you want in, in a contest like this where you get points. For finishing in the top five And when you have an entry If they're both running You only need one of the two Whichever one finishes higher You will get those points And you don't get the negative points For where the other finishes So entries are always good to use In this this format of a game In the third race The one sharecropper At five to one Would be six thousand For a horse who has the lone speed And is going to be taking them As far as they can go the 8 would be the next one Because at 15 to 1 that would only cost you 500 And then the 7 Bourbon May If you want to spend up at 2 to 1 That would cost you 9,000 In race number 4 Magic Solution will be the uh, the key play for me At 4 to 1 that'll cost you 7,000 Off your salary cap Maybe you don't have that much to spend You can go to the 12 to 1 first time starter Bunnings who would only be 750 Maybe you want to go even even more expensive than Magic Solution. One fast orbit, three to one with the good speed. You'd imagine that one will be in it throughout. Eight thousand off your salary cap if you want to. Uh, you want one fast orb in your lineup. In race number five, I'm looking at two horses that are eight to one on the morning line. Either would cost you three thousand. Martial Law, Captain Hardship, the five and the eight. I think either is a great fit for the price. And will give you the opportunity for a little bit of flexibility Maybe in, in race number 6 If you want to spend up on private island Because I just don't love anywhere else in here I'll spend up at 8,000 In a race where private island's 3 to 1 morning line And I think we'll end up going off At more like 7 to 5 In the 7th Tap it today at 5 to 1 would cost you 6,000 Secret message at 4 to 1 Would cost you 7,000 I think they might get played Both of them and that's the that's what we're sort of looking for in these contests, right? Who's going to get bet? Who is a horse whose morning line might be off? Because we're going to be paying for them based on their morning line. But if we think their morning line is off, and they're really going to be instead of a five to one shot, more like a five to two shot, those are the horses who you want to identify. Race number eight, the seven. Kariba at eight to one only cost you three thousand. If you want to spend up with Get Stormy at two to one for nine thousand, I'm fine with that. Into Mystic should give you a good run for your money at five to one at six thousand off of your salary cap. Or maybe this is a race where you're thinking it could be bust out long shot. For me, it would be Change of Control at fifteen to one. Only cost you five hundred bucks off your salary cap. In the ninth race. I'm singling the the nine in some of the exotics, and at two to one, I would spend up here at nine thousand. The eight, if you don't want to spend up, would cost you three grand at eight to one, and maybe even the five boss bear at twenty to one shot, who would only cost you two fifty, but a total wild card. Zulu Alpha probably a spot to spend up at seven to five would cost you nine thousand six hundred. For me, maybe you spend early and so late you don't have the opportunity to do that. It would be the seven he's no lemon at ten to one would only cost you a thousand and postulation at eight to one on the morning line would only be three thousand off your salary cap. So it would be ten, seven, six in that tenth. 
in race number 11 The two Steubens would be the top play for me 6-1 to one morning line Cost you 5000 off your salary cap American Anthem at 12-1 to one Would only cost you seven fifty there And then Bound for Nowhere One who you expect to always show up and run a really nice race At 5-1 to one Would only be 6000 off your salary cap So a lot of races where we don't necessarily feel like We may have to spend up on the most expensive Or one of the most expensive In what's going to be a fun Saturday Stable Duel contest at Kentucky Downs. Don't forget Friday, Saturday, Sunday stable dual contest. If you have any questions about the contest, how to get involved, how to build your lineup, please shoot me a message. I'd love to help you out. Last bit of the the weekend racing and last bit of this episode of That's What G Said Sunday at Kentucky Downs. As I mentioned, because of those pick fours and and the you know the fourteen percent takeout, you don't have to feel forced to play a pick five if you don't love the sequence and and. We can play the pick four at Kentucky on Sunday, and and it will include the stakes races, which are the last three. And what we can do is, because of it's a pick four instead of a pick five, you can you can have a little bit more of an opportunity to buy a race. Because I do not like the eighth race a whole lot. I think it's a pretty wide open race, and it's a ten horse field. We're just gonna go all. I'm gonna go all in race number eight on Sunday. September the 13th at Kentucky Downs Start of a late pick 4 Race number 8 All Race number 9 Mississippi looks to me The the real standout in here And she's going to be a short price It's not the biggest field in the world She's going to be sitting close throughout She was tucked in nice But she just did not look comfortable She was ranked She was not agreeing with Joel She still almost won that race It was her first start since November I'm expecting her to be much more relaxed Much more settled She's going to be tough I'm going to single the three, Mississippi. And then what we can do is we can pick and choose what to do here. I'm going to play two different tickets. On one of them, I'm going to single the 10. Law Liberty, who I, I just envision getting the perfect trip in here with so many horses to the inside of her that want to be on the lead and even on the outside of her that want to be on the lead or right there. She feels like one of the few who can sit and that kind of a trip should work out so well for her going six and a half furlongs where a lot of these others I'm expecting to be really close and getting very tired in the last half a furlong to a furlong the 10 law liberty will be a single on one ticket for me but I'm also going to be using the four Becca's bouquet who's got a little sit in her win Harold Angel who I also like the fact that she was able to kind of come from off of it a little bit and, and pass horses and then Koopy doll who had a trouble trip last time out But did show some ability in the debut on the grass I think these are some prices that I will include And I will play against Red Ghost in here Just looking at a race that Maybe with a lot of other speed Trying to go from 5.5 on the main To 6.5 on the turf May not be the easiest thing for Red Ghost So this will be a single to 10 Law Liberty And then a 10, 4, 5, 6 And then what it does is It gives us the opportunity you know, in race number 11 To spread out again I'll have them stacked in here with the 5 Enola Gay on top The 6 She's My Type The 7 She's So Special I have 5, 6, 7, 10 as my my top tier in here with Kamari Those would be 5, 6, 7, 10 the top Then I would throw the, the 9 also on some tickets Lighthouse uh, You can't forget about Finite Who's shown the ability to win over this turf course And, and no doubt she's got class And then what about the inside horses who are turning back from a mile 
to six and a half furlongs. I love that kind of a cutback. Lucrezia, Outburst, Mom's Red Listic. None of them would be a shock. So the way this pick four sequence has set up, I'm going to play one ticket where we go all in race eight, and there's 10 horses in there. You single the three in race nine, Mississippi. Come back and single the 10 in race number 10. And then in race number 11, all in a field of 12. So you're really 10 times 12 divided by 2. You're not, it's not a ticket that's massive either. And then play, I'll play another ticket starting in race number 8 with all single of 3 Mississippi with 4, 5, 6, 10 with 1, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10. A couple late pick 4s on Sunday over at Kentucky Downs. And that's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Big thank you to Dave Weaver. For joining us I hope everybody uh, enjoyed as we bounced all around The the worlds of of sports Make sure to share the show with your friends Don't forget to subscribe, to rate, to review Download in all the different places That we can Have a great weekend folks Good luck, football starting, basketball playoffs Continuing on, baseball's going Hockey's going on So, so much on a big weekend Over at Kentucky Downs at Woodbine Thank you for tuning in To That's What She Said